welcome, Internet, to the Invitation Only Podcast. This is the pilot episode. It's the very, it's the very first one. It's the first one. Uh, one guest, one topic, no waiting. That's right. I don't know. I'll work that out. I will workshop that. I'm Elaine Stryker, a.k.a. E.T. Dragon. I'm joined by Corey. Corey hey. from the, the Comic Vine Podcast. You know yes. stuff about <laughs> stuff on the Internet, man. I do. You likely know me from the Comic Vine podcast or as the giant bomb intern who set, who blurted out winning during the Mortal Kombat uh, Scrub League tournament. That's right. You did. I did. I will never But whatever. Forget. I hold a victory over Gary Witta, and I will never let that go. Really? That's the only one you're ever going to get. So, <laughs> you know, shoot that guy and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, how, what you been up to, man? What's... How's the oh, week? Boy. How's the week been? What you doing? Um, I also own a comic book store, Two Cats Comic Book Store in San Francisco, California. Is that terrible? Is it terrible owning your own business right now? Um, it has its ups and downs. <laughs> that so, is for sure. So yeah, but <laughs> like at the one, t- I also have a business partner, so I'm not completely in charge. But on the one hand, it is like I get to make actual decisions that impact this company. On the other hand. I have to make decisions that impact this company. Oh, God, that gives me the itchies just thinking about it. Like, I can't handle that level of responsibility. I'm a child. Yeah. I have my, And I have my own children, but I'm a child. <laughs> it's it's definitely tricky, and it has gotten trickier as uh, we're now hiring, and our employees are all taking time off for the month of August. So August is essentially going to be a nightmare factory from which I may never awaken. <laughs> cool. When I find you in a back room somewhere in San Francisco covered in Batman comics, I'll know yes. it all went wrong. Just rocking back and forth. <laughs> Corey, what's up? I don't, I'm the Batman. I'm the I'm, Batman. I am a Super Saiyan. <laughs> Over nine thousand. I can't. Uh, oh, so that's cool. So you've had a actually, horrifying. Actually, I'm hunting down the Riddler in uh, in Arkham Knight. How how do you feel about Arkham Knight? Um. So boy. wait, wait. Have you finished the story of Arkham Knight? I have. I, fin- I, I got to the place okay. where they don't roll credits. <laughs> okay, so let me just put a spoiler tag on this right now, because people, if you haven't played it, we're probably going to spoil something by accident, because we're terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was really irritating. Like, <laughs> that would have been fine if the side stuff that you had to do to get the real ending that was actually pretty good did not involve the Riddler's Mario Kart bullshit. Here's the thing. <laughs> I have t- I have a lot of thoughts on this. So welcome to what we weren't going to talk or what we're actually talking about on this. Um, I like that because I hadn't done the uh, all of the militia stuff. Right. So I kind of like that they're like, oh hey, maybe something happens when you not even hundred percent because you don't have to do the simulations. Thank no, God. No, you don't. Oh Jesus, this. But yeah, it's like maybe maybe something will happen when you've apprehended all of Gotham's most wanted. Cool. Because I've I've never hundred percented any of the other Arkham games. I've never felt the incentive to. Me neither. This time I'm gonna punch Riddler in his smug face. <laughs> um, what's the uh, can I t- can I take this blue or are we trying to avoid cussing? Oh, you can say whatever you want, my Great. friend. I'm gonna punch him right in his smug fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> he is such a dick, and this time I'm like. Yes, he is. Going down he Riddler. is. Oh yeah, I don't like your face. But why? Why? How many tro- how many Riddler things are there to find in this game? Two hundred and forty-three. Why? What? Where does he get all of his free fucking time from? That's what <laughs> I want to you know. know. You know what? It is it is slightly smaller than it seems because of the uh, those weird like things on the sides of buildings that you seem to shoot with the Batmobile's cannon. Oh right, right. Like, those are super easy, and there are like fifty of them. Oh really? So, 
Yeah, that that actually shaves a decent number off. But here's okay. I have two complaints. I have two huge complaints about yeah. this game. One, the identity of the Arkham Knight is bullcrap. It's nonsense, and they beat. There is a section of that game where they literally take a stick with his name written on it and beat you about the face with it. As it, though they were the Joker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, it's so, they make it very obvious if you're paying attention, so it's like, if that's the thing that you're going to hold on to as your big reveal, like, come on, guys. Come Here's on. the th- as a comics fan, I paid too much attention. Oh. Like, I didn't guess it because, like, the moment it was, it, like, started to happen, I was like, well, that's way too obvious. Uh, see, that's, and I don't have any connection to DC Comics, so maybe that was better for me, but as soon as it started coming up in the story, I'm like... I see where you're going with this. So I had like two alternate splitting theories, both of which I'm I'm not trying to second guess Rocksteady. They did a lot right with this game. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool game. Both of my theories would have made for better reveals. <laughs> because yeah. here's okay. I mean, while, while we're you know safe under the umbrella of spoilers, we're gonna ruin this. People. I thought it was either going to be Bane. Ooh, not because big. It, he's not big enough to be. Bane, but see, though. that's the thing. When you go into the Gotham. The GCPD evidence locker. Oh. If you look at Bane's display there, the guy specifically says, like, oh, yeah, Bane was all jacked up on Titan, but now he's probably somewhere coming down and, like, feeling real bad. So uh. I think he'd come down and, like, shrink back down to his normal size. Okay. That's legitimate. The I other one was Hush. Okay. Because I thought they would not be able to resist when you finally rip that mask off of him and it's Bruce Wayne staring back at you. Yeah. What the fuck? I was expecting that kind of shit. I really was. Until they they went through the whole, like, you know, flashbacks in the asylum business. And yeah. I'm like, okay, that's a very nice way to incorporate probably my favorite game in this series. But, yeah, like, uh, I, the end of that game was real irritating. The rest then, of that game I really liked. My other problem with it, uh, besides the problematic gender stuff but let's that's a that, whole oh other. god that's a whole nother podcast well you come back we'll talk I will, about that happily actually <laughs> uh it was um deathstroke yeah deathstroke the the mercenary batman's equal on a physical and in fact his superior on a mental level because he's got enhanced reflexes he's got a healing factor oh, yeah. and fight him in a tank like that was my thing. I was like, "Yeah, Deathstroke. I'm gonna, I'm gonna solve all of these militia problems because then I'm gonna go toe to toe with Deathstroke and I'm gonna punch the crap out of him and then you fight him in a tank." I think the like, biggest problem with really? this, the biggest problem with this game as a whole is like there's so much Batmobile that it should have just been called Batman the Batmobile game. Like yeah. it's just it's there's a lot of Batmobile and the Batmobile is rad, but it's a little much. I want to be s- the Dark Knight. I'm so happy that I stumbled upon. I think it was Dan Reichert who was pointing people to the hey you know there's a toggle function for the tank oh thing. god <laughs> yes i'm not equipped to deal with break not being where i belongs you know how many years of video games i've played Do you uh, which makes it weird that that's the default yeah what were they smoking who were they hanging out with <laughs> you know the french i don't know those guys they move the break button around i don't <laughs> balls is more like it <laughs> oh besides batman has there been anything else or is that eating the majority oh, of your time i i'm kind of a dabbler uh which my friends like to give me crap about yeah uh I i've been playing too. the business out of mortal kombat x really i Yo. i'm not great at fighting games but i'm just good enough to have a decent amount of fun that's with them. that story mode was so dumb in all the right ways yes it was yes. the stupidest <laughs> thing but i'm sitting down here like a child i kept going to get my husband like you have to see this it's so dumb it's yeah. so dumb <laughs> 
Oh, the, it was great because there were just... Uh, I did love that story mode. And the moment, though, that they unveiled the Predator as a DLC character, right. I was like, yep, get yeah. this. Where's the button? How do I give you money? Just... Yeah. <laughs> I've only wanted to be the Predator in a fighting game since forever. forever. And Jason Voorhees. <laughs> this is like my dream yes. matchup. And I'm actually really good with Jason Voorhees. Really? <laughs> I, I keep meaning to pick him up for my husband to play as. And it, Tremor is the new character, right? Yeah, he's apparently one of the latter-day MK characters. I don't know anything about any Mortal Kombat game after 3. Before he's 9. Ninja. Okay. Uh, he, I think, was... Um, I want to say he was like in Deception or so. Like they're probably going to bring in Natara after are, him. Are they all just rogue ninjas now? Is that where we've gone with Mortal he's Kombat? He's the ninja for uh, what's Kano's crew? The Black Dragons. Oh, that's. Okay. He's a Black Dragon ninja. <laughs> okay, that's a good. That's all right. Okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um. So I've been playing a lot of that. I I started and stopped The Witcher three. You got to play that game though. It's so. I good. know. I I love The Witcher one. I love The Witcher two. I love the first two novels. That third one is one of the worst translations I've ever read. Oh, good. I'm I'm going to be reading that soon. So that... Oh, <laughs> maybe pick up a fan translation of the third one. Yeah, because no, I'm did... not kidding. It's unreadable. Oh no. Oh wait, are we talking about the not the short story collections? Like no. Okay. C- clarify last... where we're at in when you say oh. the third. The Last Wish is one of my favorite fantasy books ever written. Oh, nice. I'm not okay. kidding. It is so good. That That is one of the short story collections. Blood of the Elves is the first proper novel. Right, like, okay. T- story, which is also great. And okay. those two are by the same translator. Okay, so it's the third proper novel that we're discussing here. I think it's simply the second proper novel, the third book. It's called okay. a, It's called A Time of Contempt. Oh, okay. All right, good. Noted. It's terrible. Okay, like, I'm not I, there yet. Okay, good. I went out and like bought that thing with stars in my eyes and like after the first chapter i was like did they get a new translator and i looked it up i was like they sure did this is terrible it's unreadable elaine oh no no why must they do such a thing to such a cool world like i have i didn't play the first two witcher games but the third one man dude i gotta go back and play those other witcher games (laughs) uh the the first one Oh, boy. Uh, I know. Sure. I've heard uh, things. <laughs> I've heard things. Because uh, it's funny. I bought the first one, and then, like, the day after I bought it, they announced the enhanced edition of the first one. Okay. So I basically waited another six months after buying it before playing it. Yeah. And it's good, but there are some very big flaws. Um, I mean, it was made by what then was a very small studio just kind of chugging out, you know, a pretty ambitious game. Which, so, if you look at it that way, it's an incredible achievement. I think that when people go back to older titles in this situation, they forget that. Like, yeah. they were a tiny-ass, like, studio trying to make something pretty rad and pretty complicated, so... It's, it's just not even, like... There's not even... Hey, Fry. That's my pop. Um, there's not even... It's not, like, glitchy or anything like that, and the voice acting is actually really good, and the storyline's great. The storyline is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more like there are just gulfs of content. Yes. Like, you will... Because there's no fast travel, and it's a big world. So, dude, I've, <laughs> I've been playing this game called Dark Souls. Ah! So I feel you, okay? Oh, boy. Well, I've been playing Bloodborne hilariously. So. Uh, I, I beat Bloodborne, okay? And I loved Bloodborne. And Bloodborne's great. And so uh, my my freaking ego said, well, you did it. You did it. You can do anything. <laughs> Which is really how you feel at the end of any Souls game ever. Seriously. Yeah. So I played The Witcher and then Batman. And then That's I was like, okay, it's time. It's time for the Dark Souls, right? You played oh. Demon Souls or? No, I never played Demon Souls. I own a copy of it, but it scared me at the time. And I put it away in a place. <laughs> 
People, not enough people talk about how these games are kind of horror games. They're terrifying. Okay, so I posted this GIF on my Twitter, and I'll have to find it and repost it. There's this, this GIF of a cat, and he's, like, freaking out looking around behind him on a plastic bag because he's hearing his own noises, right? Every time I hear footsteps in Dark Souls, I lose okay. my shit in this basement. Mm-hmm. Where? where where who what <laughs> there are like tons of jump scares but like really good not cheap jump no scares. they're not they're just dudes hiding in weird places a rat literally nearly made me quit that game a couple <laughs> nights ago fuck those rats okay yeah. i feel like these are because like you know a lot of there's a lot of discussion on like what is the future of horror games and i feel like these games never come up for some reason no why they're terrifying they're terrifying because they're so challenging anything can kill you at any moment and everything is terrible like, mm-hmm. I guess that, that's the other thing is the challenge, and that was what I, I meant to also mention is like, you know, it's, it's a lot of like, oh, survival horror. What is survival horror anymore? Is Dead Space 2 really survival no, horror? No, it's a shooter. And yeah, like, of. Dark Souls is. Yes. Or Dark Souls, Souls Bloodborne. Yeah. Because they do so little. <laughs> yeah, they don't give, they give you no direction. They give you nothing to go on. It's like, hey, you know, it's like, there's that stupid show, what is it, Naked and Alone or something like that? What is that show called? It's like that. That's what playing Dark Souls is like. <laughs> Dark Souls is the video game equivalent of being in a cold room completely naked with no weapon. <laughs> That's how it feels. I really like it. I'm enjoying it. I'm about... <clears throat> I'm fighting uh, Sif, the giant mm. wolf of doom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God damn it. Yeah. I said so many bad words last night that I had to stop. My husband actually had to come downstairs and find out what was happening. <laughs> like, <clears throat> he comes down and he's like, I'm going to bed. Are you okay? I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Fuck that wolf. <laughs> he's like... These are the moments where he just knows, back away slowly, yeah. bring back beer, back yes. away more slowly. <laughs> oh, man, though, when you learn about Sif, oh, Sif. Oh. I'm going to feel bad. Everybody was like, oh, you know, if you hurt him enough, he starts limping. I'm like, but I have a dog. And then yeah. Sif's like got this giant sword and is trying to chop my head off. I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't feel so bad right now. Well, if, if, do you have the DLC? I do. Oh, you're I got feel, the... feel bad about Sif oh, then? Oh, no. No, <laughs> not my boy. You're my boy, Blue. It's just... <laughs> I, I so that's yeah. I've literally spent the last week playing almost nothing but that. Almost yeah. nothing. I, I actually also um see I'm a, I'm a dabbler. Um, I got I into do. Dragon Age Inquisition. I all right. I installed that on my Xbox One right, and then it was right after I finished The Witcher Three, and I'm like I can't I can't right now I can't. That game. The problem with that game is that eventually it collapses into a mega eternity. <laughs> oh, so you never you never see the light of day again. Yeah, uh, my fiance actually hilariously and much to my shame beat it before I did. Wow, because sometimes those people are more focused than we are. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They don't have like this video game ADD that happens. Like my husband is invested so many hours in the Binding of Isaac, it's disgusting because he is like, I don't know, I like it. What? Well, I have a gargantuan commute that involves a train, so oh. I have actually also invested yeah. a, a titanic amount of time into the Binding of Isaac. That's a good game. It's, it is. It's great. I still haven't gotten all the endings. <laughs> oh man, you got work to do. I played a lot of the first one, so I'm up I, to like 14, I think, on my Vita. I think I'm like up to num- ending number 14. That game runs real good on the Vita. Yeah, I'm, I'm up to the part where I'm I'm assembling that weird positive negative photograph. Oh yeah, you got some time. Yeah, you can I sink know. into a couple more runs or a five. Especially million. because I seem to have hit a wall where I can't beat it again. <laughs> uh, you know what? We it goes in waves where the random number generator just fucking hates you. And that's yeah. all there is to it. And it just hates you, and it wants to see you suffer and cry. cry. I also play uh, Spelunky on my Vita. Oh, so you commute. hate yourself. 
Yeah, a little bit, because I have never actually beaten, like, the first part of... Like, I've never beaten Olmec or Toltec or... Neither have I. I'm so bad at Spelunky. It's incredible how bad a human could be at Spelunky. I'm bad Yeah, and I keep seeing people, like, posting about, like, oh, the real Spelunky starts after you beat Olmec, and I'm like, I haven't even done that. I'm scared and alone and still in the jungle. What? (laughs) I've played that game, like, 150 times. Naked and alone again in video games. (laughs) Exactly. Well, see, and here's the thing. After you get out of the... Because I've made it to Olmec, and I made it to Olmec with, like... A prime build. Like, it, it broke me a little bit that I couldn't beat him. Like, I had the jetpack and the shotgun. No. And, like, what? I made it with a prime build and somehow I still failed. This is the moment where I tell my husband you're just bad at video games and I walk out of the room and he yeah. goes, fuck you. you know, that was, I definitely felt bad at video games. <laughs> I think there are a lot of games that just make... Isaac makes me feel bad at video games pretty frequently. Uh, Dark Souls is making me feel pretty... It, it has moments of elation. Like, oh my god, I can do anything. I can solve world hunger, and then moments where I'm just like, I should not be allowed out in public around human beings. I don't. With, uh, with Bloodborne, I definitely came into that with um, the part before the cleric beast, like yeah. well before, where you're basically going down that that street, yeah, where it's just mob after mob after yeah, mob. That's fun, isn't it? And they just they just gang fuck you. Yeah, that that game is brutal because if you're used to Dark Souls, you're like, where's my shield? Oh, yeah. shit. You know what I mean? It's good that I played Bloodborne first. Yeah. Because it's very, like, it punishes you for standing still. It yeah. really does. It's, it's, oh, that game. <laughs> I said so many words that were so created terribly. Yeah. I don't know. I do love it, though. I'm definitely going to go back to Bloodborne. I'm hoping to go back to Inquisition, and I am most assuredly going back to Witcher. But first, I need to punch Riddler across the face. You got to finish that game. Did, have yeah. you ruined that ending for yourself nope okay i'm not gonna spoil it for you. because i know the second that i watch it i will lose all impetus to finish <laughs> uh yeah i really so i just went and youtube it because i said i am not finding your goddamn riddler trophies enigma it's not going to happen today oh, don't get me wrong i'm using walkthroughs i'm not like well wow. i think you yeah you should have to <laughs> yes i said i was playing dark souls i already hate myself a significant amount you know what exactly. i mean <laughs> Uh, I'm. I would want to talk to you after that. I want to talk to you after you see that ending. All right. Because I don't know how to feel about it, and I want you to tell me how to feel. Because you've right. read more comics than me. So. Yes. Also, real quick, I I downloaded because I read the review on Polygon. Um, on again on my Vita because it's a great commute game. Uh, Lost Dimensions. How is that? Um. <laughs> <laughs> dot dot dot. It, it like their review of it is so far perfect because it's a it's a solid 7.5 like if you have time and you want to play something portable like if you're going to go on a road trip and you're not driving it's okay. great for that okay. all right because it's like um valkyria chronicles with its kind of weird not quite real-time not quite turn-based strategy mm-hmm. where you can kind of move freely on your uh on your turn within a limit also like valkyria chronicles it's really dumb in some places (laughs) video games right yeah i remember i I stopped playing valkyria chronicles when weirdly my kind of cool if not a little ham-fisted world war ii game suddenly had a blue-haired anime girl shooting lasers out of a lance at me dude japan okay i was just like really (laughs) are we doing this today video games so at the very least at the very sorry at the very least lost dimensions is immediately off the walls okay and the, okay, here's the really compelling thing. The really compelling thing is that uh, you're 11 people. You're a party of 11. You can take six people into battle with you. You're, you. There's a main character plus five people that you can take into battle with you. Okay. 
Min. You, uh, you're you're in this guy's pillar. He's killed half of the world's population. He's a real asshole. Wow, that uh, guy's a dick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what is he doing? Uh, so you, you're sent in there as part of a, a special program of government psychics. And very early on, he reveals that there is a traitor in your midst. Okay. And so you actually need to kind of ferret out using your psychic power who the traitor is. Because after every battle, you get these weird, like, flashes that are very chaotic of the people who fought in the battle with you. Like, and if their traitor is among them, like, their their little thing will appear as red. But you won't necessarily know who they are. Oh, man, this is some Metal Gear Solid shit, man. It kind of is. <laughs> like, be- what? Wow. Because then you have to, like, go into battle with different configurations of people so that you can see, like, okay, the red dialogue appeared when I was with this person, this person, this person. So now I'm with these people. It didn't appear. So it can't be any of them. Oh, my God. This is, like, my nightmare from statistics class. Like, this is <laughs> – oh, no. God, oh, it's coming it, back. <laughs> here's the thing that's going to really give you a stroke. It changes every game. No! Oh, seriously, that's randomly generated? It is randomly generated, and there's also, because I think the, the thing, uh, I'm not very far into the game, it comes, uh, you, you go, like, up floors, and on every floor there's a different trader. I feel like <laughs> the theme of this conversation is video games hate us and want us to suffer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> man. So, yeah. Um, I might have those, to check that out. It, it's pretty cool. It's, some of it gets, like, I'm only, like like I said, about maybe three or four hours into it, and it's already getting a little repetitious. But it is a perfect commute game. It is a okay. perfect, I'm stuck in this tube for an hour, I may as well play this. I like it. I like the sound of that. Yeah. I do. I'm trying to think if there's anything for me besides the Dark Souls. I finally played Monument Valley on my iPad. I won't talk about it for long. It's good. That game's really I've, I've good. been hearing good things. I have not played that myself. I played it because I'm on the train for 20 minutes, and it's like the right. perfect game for that. And it's really, really good. And I'm like, oh, I should have played this sooner. I should really yeah. listen to the internet more. I have a crap phone, so I don't I don't play many uh, phone games. Yeah. That you must build a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play Fallout Shelter, but I have an Android device, so I am waiting. And I really just don't I don't want to feel so bad about myself. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I know you're hungry. Damn it. Oh my god, if you listen, again, going back to Idle Thumbs, they have some amazing... Oh, uh, do they? Alright, I'll have to go back regulars, One of the regulars is playing it, like, on the regular, and he's essentially made, like, the, the ubermensch paradise. <laughs> so good. See, that's what, this is what I like, I love about video games. Everybody's yeah. experience, a little different, a little terrible. So, alright, let's talk about... Wait, real quick, well, I'm sorry. You've got more. Her story. Hey, how is that? Oh my god. Is it good enough that I need to play it? I have you to. Have to. Don't Shit. look into it cuz I haven't. I've done good. nothing. Don't. I played it with my fiance. It is one of the best like Shit. co-gaming experiences that I have had since the first season of The Walking Dead game. Is it episodic? It isn't. It is Just one one thing. a one-off. It's about it'll take you like 2 to 3 hours max. I'm in. Max. Okay. All right, you're saying words I like. It's... It is. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll like I will very vaguely just dis- like do you know the basic premise of it yes okay. very vaguely yes uh, yeah it's an fmv game where you're typing in terms and getting video of this woman being interrogated by the police i need to I, all right i'm gonna do this before someone spoils it for me i'm gonna yes. go play it all right it, it is by the lead developer of silent hill shattered memories which is that was a really good game Thank you. It was titanically underrated. Yeah, except it just came out on something that no one gave a shit about, so it was like... <laughs> and then later on the PS2, but, it, like, vastly inferior on the PS2. And you can't go back, man. You get one good shot. 
You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, that was a good game. But no, that her story is like there are so many moments in that game where you will just be like, no. <laughs> All right. OK, fine. I need something to break up the Dark Souls because it's really starting to consume my life. So please. Like, play it with your husband and okay. have one of you taking notes because that is really that is, like it's a great thing. Like because, yeah, I was just, you know, it kind of started out like a little bit like, oh, this will be funny. You know, I was like, oh, write that down. Right. Because you're looking for keywords. In OK. These videos. OK. I was like, oh, write that down. And by the end of it, I was just like both of us were just staring at the screen and I would just be like, write that down. I need that. Write need... that down. All right. OK. I'm in. All right. Fine. Oh, my God. Because I don't look like a crazy enough human being. All right. It's so dark. Anyway. <laughs> Sketches of notes around my basement floor. My husband just comes downstairs. I'm asleep on them. He's like, what happened? I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. This is I don't why know. you integrate him into it. You need to bring him Yeah, I do. Or else I'm going to end up divorced. Because so. <laughs> he's already weird enough. He's like, I came. He came downstairs last night while I'm fighting a giant wolf with a sword in his mouth. He's like, maybe less with the video games. I'm like, no, go away. I don't need you. Not happening. <laughs> All right. I brought you on this podcast to talk about one thing. All right. After we've talked about 15 things, because, you yes. know, video games. Uh, I want to talk about Earthbound. Because <gasps> Earthbound is my favorite game of all time. Mine too? Like, top of the list never changes. Underneath, the rest of them, they shift and they fight and they stab each other and they make up. It's fine. Yep. But Earthbound is the game that never changes. So it's incredible. <laughs> So let's break this thing down. Let's for people who have not played this game, and of which there were probably a lot of recently, <laughs> based on the sales figures. So many. So here's the, here's the thing. Earthbound was called Mother Two in Japan. Mm-hmm. It came out in the Super Nintendo somewhere. It was it ninety five. Am I remembering that date incorrectly? It was either 94 or 95. I was in 8th grade, so this is a good story because I'm Catholic, so we go through this like confirmation thing, and people buy you presents. And my parents asked me what I wanted, and I saw this game advertised in Nintendo Power Magazine, I think, with the scratch and sniff thing that they did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gross, weird, gross. Uh, and I was like, Brad, I want to play that, right? So I said I wanted to get that game. And it was packaged in the weirdest way. Every copy came with a, the strategy guide in it. Mm-hmm. There was no just buy the cart. The strategy guide, which was also essentially the instruction manual. Yeah, that thing was weird. I still own it. I don't know if you do. It's a weird thing. I don't, thing. but here's the thing. Okay, well, I've, I've got a whole other experience, so you, you go on it. So, By the uh, way, it was, uh, it was 94. It was 94. Okay, so yeah, so I was in eighth grade. I got this thing as a confirmation present. I didn't really know what I was getting because the advertising campaign for this game was not super specific. <laughs> uh, and then for some reason, it latched on to me and held on for a very, very long time. Um, <laughs> it was the one game that I played. My brother didn't play video games. He watched me play video games. So this was the game that he watched me play straight through. Every time I played it, he had to be there. Like, <laughs> Delightful. Yeah, so it took me forever <laughs> to finish it because he was, like, way cooler than me. <laughs> so <laughs> he had friends. <laughs> but uh, it was th- it was a weird anomaly in the United States, and it did not sell well. I think it hit, what, 140,000 copies in the U.S.? That was bad. I believe so. That was bad, even for the Super Nintendo days. Yeah, even for 1994, that, that is low. That was bad. I think Japan hit twice as much, and there was a lot less territory involved. <laughs> There. Still not great. Like no, not great. Weird. Two eighty in Japan is not good. <laughs> Even in ninety four, no, not good, not good. So where where were you at when you played this thing? Um, it's hard for me to remember because I played, like, my early early video game playing was very staggered. Like I got a uh, I got a Nintendo Entertainment System in nineteen eighty nine when it had already been out for a while. Yep. And then I got a Super Nintendo sometime. I want to say actually sometime like around 93, 94. Okay. 
So in 1994-ish, I would have been still in elementary school. Oh, God, you're a child. I'm I'm 30, <laughs> yes. Oh, you're only two years younger than me. You're not that much yeah, of a child. You're, we're good. Say. We're good. We're in the same decade. I feel better. We're okay. <laughs> um, like I said, I just played everything much later because I don't remember what year I played Earthbound in. I want to say, like, I was in sixth grade. Okay. Because right. I think it was before junior high when I wanted to you know, to not be a kid, so I wouldn't have necessarily enjoyed something like Earthbound. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I and I uh, I never actually owned a copy until, God, until the Wii U Virtual Console. Oh, man, yep. Because we had a, uh, a local video store that also had uh, game rentals. Uh, it was called Silver, Silver, Sterling, Sterling Video. You'll actually sometimes oh, that hear sounds Jeff- about, yeah. Yeah, you'll hear sometimes Jeff Gersman uh, reference that on the Giant Bombcast because he and I uh, are from the same town. Small world, man. Very small, small world. world. Um, so, yeah, I would just rent it from there. And I remember because I also didn't have a lot of game playing friends growing up until I kind of got to junior high and high school. Same with me. Yep. So, like, I loved RPGs. I loved JRPGs because you could play them alone, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we lived such sad childhoods. But, yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so I would, you know, I would rent Chrono Trigger. I would rent Final Fantasy three, which was obviously six, six. But good game. I didn't know that. Um, but those games were always very popular. So by the time I would get to them again, like someone else would have rented it and overwritten the save. Damn those people, man. Okay. I, I know. Damn them. Earthbound, though, not so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poor Earthbound. Oh, so sad. Poor little Earthbound always had my save game there. So yeah, I actually was able to beat it in like three day increments playing it little by little that's dead like it took me a very long time to beat it because my brother like i said he's and he's three years younger than me so that's how cool i was uh, when i was in eighth grade but he had a lot more (laughs) friends than i did so he would always be out like on his bike so we would have Mm -hmm. these little chunks that i was allowed to play because he really wanted to watch it and we would sit huddled up around the old tv and uh he would have the strategy guide and he would be like the navigator you know tell me where to go and it was uh, oh no go ahead it was just one of those really... I did not... So I was the kid who did not play that many JRPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, Secret of Evermore was the only other one I played in that genre. I've gone back to them since. Like, I've played Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy stuff that came out on the Super Nintendo. But this was the only JRPG that grabbed and held on, except for Super Mario RPG. Oh my god, that game is so... It's a whole other fucking podcast. That's a weird game, and I love that game. Um, But I played Earthbound first. This was the this was my first real big kid RPG. This is a hard game, man. That was yeah, yeah. Hey, I hear you like video games. Smack you in the face. (laughs) I Uh. I feel like for me this res it resonated so much because it was the first RPG that I played that I could weirdly kind of relate to. Yeah. That's the thing about this game. So for those people who haven't played it, like the best way to describe it is almost like the way Japan viewed America if it was in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it had a very 1950s feel, but it was set in 1990X. It's yes. an adorable. Ah, uh, the the, the, the X. 1990X. But like it, it almost feel felt like this is the way that Japan views America in the 50s. It was mm-hmm. a weird thing, like where you only ever talk to your father through the phone because dad was always working. Yep. You know, like. And, and he was always working and always giving you money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dad, you're the best. You know, like it's just a, the thing about this game that was so fascinating to me is this is a very weird cultural look into how we must seem to other people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
It was an odd. That's an odd thing. It was like you don't have you don't have potions. You have hamburgers. Yeah, like... delicious. You found them in the <laughs> yeah. trash. Often, sometimes. It's so gross. This game is super gross. So essentially, uh, the, the funny thing about the strategy guide is that I I found, let's say, ways to play this game before I owned it. Uh, I, after after Sterling bit video had sadly folded, but I was in high school, so I was a little bit over, you know, trying to seem at least cool. Yeah, it's okay. a little bit. Like, I, I still I, wanted. I still wanted to be, but I, I would, you know, like playing a, a game that ostensibly was for kids wasn't the yeah. impediment that it once was. So let's just say that I, I acquired a copy, uh, but I didn't have the strategy guide. And the weird thing was, was that it didn't feel right. It's hard to play that game without it. It's almost like, and, and every copy that released in the U.S. came with the guide. Was it that way in Japan? Do you have any idea? I'm it curious. wasn't, and I've, I've actually done some reading on this before I was even tapped to be on this uh, wonderful podcast, which is my dedication to this game. Uh, it wasn't like that, be- and they, the reason that they did it was because they thought that the game would be too obtuse and weird for American audiences at the Agree. time. Agree. And it was yeah. like, and we're we're talking about an era where people liked Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. but this game was weird, and the the way that it was set up was weird. Yeah, you know it. Oh man, I don't even know where to start with this thing. So we, talk, I know, right? Well, like... so the, the real quick, I, I just remember when the the way that I finally got a hold of the strategy guide was when eBay first started up. Oh God, how much did you pay for a copy of this thing? Not. Actually, like fifteen yeah. bucks or something. Okay, that's 15, not bad. That's yeah. not money. It's... I remember like going up to my mom and being like, "Hey, can you see if this is on eBay?" Because obviously, my parents rightly did not allow me to go on eBay and spend money. Like I had to. to yeah, go mine didn't first. either. <laughs> yeah, we lived in the same generation where the internet was new and weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, I was like, "Can you look this up?" Like I have this game, and I and I think they were just thrilled that they didn't have to pay for the game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I was just like, can you maybe, like, see if the strategy guide exists on eBay? And, like, yeah, Mom looks it up. She's like, oh, yeah, here it is. It's, like, 15 bucks. So I was like, can you maybe bid on that? And we wound up winning the the auction, and I got it. And I kid you not, to this day, I could walk over to my bookshelf and find it. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing that I will never let go. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's so – it came with, like, cards in it and more scratch-and-sniff weirdness. What a weird mm-hmm. – it was a weird thing. And it was – I feel like – Without that guide, that game is just impenetrable. Well, because it's also, it doesn't hurt that it's written like a travel guide. Yeah, and it's not the strategy guides that we know of today that give you every minute detail. It leaves a lot floating, actually. Yeah. Um, it really <laughs> is. Some just... stuff it gets overtly wrong. Yeah, no, there's that too. Thanks, video game. But, like, it's it's a weird thing because it feels like a suggestion book. You know, like, you know those hint guides that don't want to give too much away? It's like that. No spoilers. Yeah. You know? It, it's a really weird thing, but it's kind of delightful. And my favorite part about that strategy guide is they, throughout it, everything that they, like, highlight, they made into, like, a clay model mm-hmm. and took an actual picture of and put in the guide. <laughs> it's very cool. That's cool, but how much money did they put into this thing that sold zero copies? Like, yeah, that you is. You know? Man. <laughs> weird thing for the 90s. I know. It was, yeah. It was It was also a huge box as a result. Yes, it was the giant box. Yeah. It was the size of the strategy guide. The, uh, actually, Walsh, remember, yeah, kind of the weird, like, scratch and sniff, like, the the marketing for this game very much was, like, gross. It, it, it almost feels like they were trying to sell Boogerman the RPG. Yes! It was all <laughs> boogers and vomit and burps. 
It was yeah. really gross. It was a gross thing. It's kind of a gross game, I guess, if you distill it into that thing. But like a little bit, but not that. Like it's no, not, not that the gross. Focus. No, it's not that gross. Like I. The weirdest thing about this, so the thing about this game that we're kind of glossing over is, like, in Japan, this was Mother 2. So this was mm-hmm. the second game in a series that ultimately had three games. The first of which came out on the Famicom, a.k.a. the NES. So it was called Mother. In the United States, it's recently been released on the Wii U Virtual Console because, hey, why not? So weird. As Earthbound Beginnings, because mm-hmm. they already screwed that up. Yeah, so, because with the know it as Earthbound. Yeah. Um, and then, so then, Earthbound a.k.a. Mother 2 came out in the Super Famicom, and then we got Mother 3 on the GBA. Mm-hmm. That's a really good game that never got released here. That was a real bummer. It is, but, oh boy, it is all, like, there. that's a whole other podcast. I thing. know. We could have a whole other discussion about that thing. That game that's is thing. dark. That's a fucked up game. <laughs> I wanted to cry in the first hour of that game, but. Even, even as dark as Earthbound gets, which we will get into. And it does get dark. Like. Yes. Earthbound gets dark, Mother 3 starts dark. And then it just keeps going down the rabbit hole, yeah. It's it's a weird thing because they, they dropped this game in America, right? And they didn't release it in any other countries, am I right? They didn't, it never went out to the UK. That, that I don't know. I know, I know that originally it didn't go out to like England and all that stuff. I know that they got it with the Wii U Virtual Console release. So a lot of countries did not get this game, hmm. originally. And... They dropped the second game in a trilogy. Or, a, you know, like, not that they're related, but the first two kind of are. It's a weird thing. It's just like... Thematically, at least. How the hell do you did they pull that off? Like, eh, we're just going to release it in America. <laughs> but why not? I... It was kind of at this weird time when they were releasing, like, kind of a lot of experimental stuff in, in, in America. That's true. I, th- I feel like Nintendo had all the power back then, too. That was when they could do whatever they wanted. You know, and, yeah, they and were un- they were unstoppable. They they had the option to release something that they knew might not sell well, and had be like, eh, okay, whatever, no bigs. Yeah. Nintendo seal of approval, guys, still gold. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into talking about the game in specifics, you know, it's recently been in the news that Iwata has passed, and that was yeah. a real big bummer to me, largely because of this game. Actually, mm-hmm. um, there's lots of stories that have come out and lots of discussion about this game in particular. That dude made this game happen. Yeah. Not just in America, he, like, recoded that game to make it work. Yeah, apparently the game was barely playable until he got his hands on it. And as it is, it is one of the tightest games. And I don't mean Word. tight in, in the slang. Yo, term. dog, that's so tight. No, yeah. it's actually, like, it... There's very little broken about that game. In, yeah. yeah. I, I just, I, I think that it's cool that he championed something super weird. Mm-hmm. Even by... This game had, you know, such a huge impact on what it sounds like for both of our lives. Yeah, so. that's crazy. So I, I give him a lot of, like, it was, I was very sad to hear him pass for lots and lots of reasons, because there is a ca- catalog of reasons to be sad, right? The guy was just mm-hmm. rad. But it's specifically this game, because I'm like, man, one of my favorite things may never have happened if it wasn't for you. Yeah, you know? totally. And I love this game. So, all right, where do we want to start? Let's talk about, let's talk about what the fuck this game actually let's is. Let's start about... <laughs> It's so good. We can't, you can't do more than 30 seconds of that or else I'm going to have to pay for it. <laughs> it's actually not true. I know. I know. It's nonsense. It's utter nonsense. I just love putting the joke in there because it's yes. good. Um, look, man. Okay. So we're talking about a Japanese role-playing game mm-hmm. with turn-based combat Yep. where you are a little kid who has to save the world. Little kid with a baseball bat. That's right. It's a cracked bat. 
seen yes. better days. He's got a red hat and this red okay. striped shirt. I'm sorry that that just when you said cracked bat, it brought back this very specific memory where, as a kid, here's how little I played sports. <laughs> as a kid, I thought the cracked bat was some kind of like Halloween decoration. Oh Jesus, no, no! Look, it's just you guys. It's a bat. <laughs> it's a bat. <laughs> okay, it's a baseball bat. <laughs> I got like the next rank up, which was you know called like the t-ball bat, and I just even as a kid was like, oh, I'm done. Oh, I got it. I see what you did. Oh, oh man. I mean, he gets a baseball cap. I yes. mean, you know. So, this little kid wakes up in the middle of the night. How old do you think he was? Did they say? Like, is there I any... I say they, they pitted him at around 10. ten. I was going to say 10. So, he's not... Yeah. Look, dude should probably not be venturing outside of his town by himself. <laughs> okay? That's just... That's... Whew. Um, there's a big crash in the middle of the night. He wakes up, and apparently a meteor has fallen into his town. Because, of course. Yeah. Why not? And... His town of uh, Onet. 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 How do we pronounce that one? It is Onet. Is it Onet? Yeah, because... <laughs> yeah, that's clever, by the way. Yes, Onet, Tucson, Threed, Foreside. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> it's so clever and so yep. Japanese all at the same time, you know? Like, the Americans country... are very simple. We must give them numbers. Yes. <laughs> in, in the country of uh, Eagle Land. Yeah, in 1990X. <laughs> so dumb. Except I love it so much. I'm so you're so happy right now. <laughs> so you're ten year old and you wake up in the middle of the night because you heard a crash and your mom's like, "Okay, uh, you're like, mom, I'm gonna go check it out." And your mom's like, "Cool, just change out of your jammies first. Yep. What? <laughs> so, so you get up and you walk into the si- countryside and you see this meteorite and this dude who lives on your block and it's you know the cops are like, "You should probably go home. Mm-hmm. Your mom's a bad parent." You know, yeah. like, what is she, bitch? You, get, you gotta walk past liar exaggerate. Of course. Oh god, that guy's so good. I love him so much. I love his hair. Yeah, his hair and is you, you run afoul of the the corpulent Pokey. Yes, who you... is uh, pestering the cops? The cops hate him. Everybody hates Pokey. Yeah, you will grow to as well. <laughs> I hate him so deeply. I want to punch him in his face. Mm-hmm. And so you are asked to bring him home because his brother is worried about him, and I guess his parents kind of are, but not really because they're kind of terrible. Was... His parents are out and about, like they're they're out to a fancy dinner. Yeah, what? Who leaves their two children under the age of fifteen alone? By the way, there's good parenting going on in this town. Let me tell you, people. (laughs) I've modeled my parenting. No, I have not. (laughs) Please don't call the cops. So you bring him home, right? Is that... (sighs) Mm -mm. No. No, he stays there to pester the cops. You can't get past the cops. Right, so you go go home. home. (laughs) Right, that's right. And then you wake up later that night? Yes, to Pokey knocking on the door. That's right, freaking out because he can't find his brother. Yes, Picky. Oh, Jesus, the naming. Uh, who is, it, it turns out, has fallen asleep by the meteorite, because that's mm-hmm. where I go to take a nap, <laughs> by the strange right. glowing thing, right? And on your way back to bring them both home, you meet a bee. Yeah, but you do. Buzz Buzz, is that his name? Mm-hmm. And then you encounter some enemies that you must fight. And it turns out, you bring the kids home, and the bee is telling you, he gets smacked by the mom, mm-hmm. and is dying. And he's telling you the story of his death. One of my favorite things there, he's telling you the story of the world and what you must do to save the world, right, as he's dying. And you can keep asking him to repeat it as he's, like, wheezing for breath. Yep. It's great. It's the stupidest thing ever. Uh, I actually did that as a kid because I didn't want him to die. So I did that multiple times as a kid because I pressed the wrong button. I got, (laughs) I mashed the A button too fast, you know, Mm -hmm. or the X button or whichever one it was. And I ended up having him repeat it, like, three times and going, God 
damn it, shut <laughs> up, B. <laughs> it's just... it, it is, by the way, uh, we, we definitely should also mention, in addition to Iwata, uh, Marcus Lindblom mm. is the localizer for this and did a dynamite job. This is one of the Treehouse localizations, correct? I believe it was one of the... F- First, One of the first. This is like when yeah. Treehouse was becoming a thing. This localization is exceptional. Like, they, Especially in an era where localization was not great. It was bad. And this manages to bring the sort of weird, quirky humor that existed yeah. in that game into like dialogue we can understand. In it America cannot Land. be understated how much of a role uh, Lindblom's localization played. And I think both of our enjoyment oh, yeah. of this. The, the delight for me in this game was... A, in the way that it played and how, but also in, like, the writing is really good. The writing mm-hmm. is exceptional. Like, you want to talk to all these characters who are hanging out because they always have something kind of clever to say or quippy. I'm like, man, this is a weird game, but you're you're funny. I like you. Yep. Nice and this hair. Is a, this is one of the first games. Nice hair, indeed. <laughs> it's a lot of good hair. This, I feel like, was one of the first RPGs. I'm not going to say the first because I'm no historian. But it was one of the first RPGs to have multiple uh, dialogue, not options, but um, you could talk to, to characters multiple times and yes. they'd say different stuff. Yes. And then and sometimes if you pestered them enough, they would give you something to make you go away. Yes. It's yeah. one of the first games to do that. And not just like how Chrono Trigger, if you go back to people later in the game, they'll have different stuff to say. You could talk to people right away then, and have more to say. Yes. It's the same thing that Dark Souls does. You talk mm-hmm. to somebody and then you talk to them again and you talk to them and you're kind of prying them in for, for information. And it's something we take for granted now. Mm-hmm. That was not something to be taken for granted in the ni- in 1990X. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big deal in 1990X. I love uh, that. I will never let that go. It's delightful. You never should. I know. So basically, it comes down to you are a 10 year old boy who needs to save the damn world because a yep. bee told you to. Yep. A bee from the future. A bee from the future. Who helped from you? A, uh, from a psychic, malevolent psychic entity called, I'm going to say. Here's a word that I don't know how to pronounce. Gigas? I always said Gigas, but I'll take Gigas. I did too, but I feel like I heard someone else pronounce it as Gigas, and I'm going to assume that they were right. There are smarter people than us in this world who would know yeah. that. But it's that guy. Okay? Yeah. That he, that guy, right? Yeah. So he, he's taking over the world. He wants to destroy yeah. our world for whatever he reason. Has, he has destroyed the future. Well, apparently if you play Mother 1 or Earthbound 0, you will know the reason. Well, now I have that downloaded because reasons involving anything that says Earthbound, I have mm-hmm. to buy. Damn it. So, but yeah, so you have to save the world. You are 10 years old and you are tasked with going out to find your posse to do so. And your right. mom is cool with it. Your mom's like, go ahead. That's cool. You should call your dad. Take the dog. No, don't yeah. take the dog. The dog is useless. <laughs> you take the dog for the first part, and then the dog, dog freaks out when useless. you get to the meteor, and he runs home. That dog is so useless. I love that dog. He's uh, rad. Yeah, yeah. So you, uh, so the mechanics work like this: you go out to save the world. Every time you need to save, you call your dad. Yep. Who also keeps track of your finances. Dad. Yeah, and that that actually it took me a very 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 long time to realize that if you, when you defeat enemies, it keeps track of that, and that's the money yes, that he's depositing. Yes, it, it, Without the strategy guide, that shit is not clear, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you need that guide. So... Because, yeah, you don't get money, like, from enemies, like, you know, no. defeat, you defeated whatever, you get 3 GP. Like, no, that's... It gets stored as 3 GP, yeah. and then when you call your dad, he's like, here's how much I deposited, and it's the sum total of all the enemies. And then you have to go talk to go to the ATM machine to take the money out. I love it. 
what is what did Japan know about our world? Like it's weird. Like you damn. have to keep an ATM card in your inventory at all times. Dog, I am ten. Okay, where did I get this ATM card? How do I know the pin? Did I steal that from my mother's purse? Like mm. what happened there? She doesn't seem to mind. No, she doesn't care. I think mom has taken way too many Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> mom, always smiling, always feeding you. Yep. Either she's Italian or way too many Xanax, right? Oh, yeah, it's Italian, Jewish, or way too many Xanax. Yeah, that's my childhood. That's it, yeah. yeah. So my mom was always really angry in Italian. So mm. she was the other kind of Italian. See, and my mom was, uh, well, was. My mom's still alive, <laughs> happily. Uh, my mom is Jewish, so it, and I had, um, one of my best friends is Italian, and we realized how similar our parents it's, are, because yes. anytime my friends would come over, my mom would just be like, here's a sandwich, here's a sandwich, Fe- here's They some- feed you. All they do is feed you. Like, it's a mm-hmm. wonder that I'm not four million pounds. Like, my husband, when he first started dating me, gained, like, five pounds, because they would not <laughs> accept that you would not eat seconds in this house. Like, mm-hmm. so that's pretty much your mom and Earthbound. It's the same yeah. thing. Like, it's mom great. is just like, yo, come and have your favorite food, which we neglected to discuss. You were uh, given the option when this game boots up. The first thing it asks you to do is name four characters, the mm-hmm. dog, your favorite homemade food, mm-hmm. very specific, and your favorite like thing to do. What is I it? I think it says they... your favorite thing. Their favorite thing. So you name the four characters, which I could never not name their names from the, the strategy guide. Like okay, those are the, that is, those are their names. Okay? I always went. I, I at first when I was a kid, I would do it, you know, based on my life. Okay. And, and then uh, nowadays I just do it based on like a theme, like Marvel that's comics, DC that's comics. Good. All right, I see you yeah. sticking with. I always I give those four characters their name. The dog is the one that I always name something different. Okay, yeah. and then the favorite homemade food. Come on, like I'm Italian. There's like four options there. Mm-hmm. You know, favorite thing gets to change all the time. Oh yeah, that's my favorite thing. So your your favorite thing becomes your ability to use like essentially what this game would call magic. Yes, your psychic power. Psychic power. Oh, video games. (laughs) When you talk about this game out loud, it makes you sound almost as crazy as talking about Persona. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, Persona. Right? It's right on the border of like, yo, I talked to this fox. Yo, I got my psychic powers. Like, it's right there. It's right there. I still go back and watch that endurance run. I can't stop. The first time the fox shows up in the cafe and Jeff is like, oh, dude. Like, talking about this game, talking about Earthbound is exactly the same feeling. Like, yeah. there's a mysterious fox. Well, I've got this psychic power based on pizza. Because yep. it's my favorite psychic thing. Pizza. I, I now make it Persona. Just so oh, we're clear. Psychic Persona, that's actually, yeah. That's also thematically consistent. I know, you like that? I know, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think these things through. Um, so this is a turn-based RPG. Yes. Except it's a weirdly turn-based RPG. Mm-hmm. So... It's the most bare-bones goddamn fight interface I've ever seen. There's yes. an enemy in front of you. At the bottom, you have your three, uh, th- one, two, three, and then eventually four interfaces for your characters that you control, right? Yep. And their hit points and their power, you know, psychic points and all that stuff. But every time an enemy hits you or you hit an enemy, the HP counter rolls back the amount mm-hmm. of damage you took. Like, picture a slot machine if you're, yes. if you're unfamiliar. Yes. That's good. So if an enemy hits you for critical damage and you're about to die, you have enough time sometimes to kill them before you do. Mm-hmm. That's really, really freaking unique. Like, I don't know of any other game that does that. This game, and, you know, we're talking a lot about the charm and what makes this game delightful. This game was also so ahead of its time in terms yeah. of gameplay. Yeah. 
Like, who does that? Like, an enemy hits me, I have five, you know, let's say I have 20 hit points left and an enemy hits me for 25, but I just immediately hit him. If he dies and I press the freaking A button fast enough, <laughs> before my HP rolls down in that slot machine, I win that battle, I don't die. And some enemies, like, take advantage of that. Like, some enemies will, you know, uh, suicide when you kill them. Like, they'll have a, a suicide attack that, that fucking... will annihilate you, but Ter- you just jam on the A button and you can get through it fast enough. Territorial Oaks can kiss my ass. Yep. Fuck That's those guys. Fuck of. that enemy. <laughs> that whole part of the game is terrible. <laughs> oh god, that is the hard. I think that's the hardest part of it the is. game. Is that it is. fucking val- peaceful rest valley? Isn't it's it? It's not peaceful, nor is it restful. Fuck you, nope. game. Okay, it's kamikaze trees and alien ships. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Because that's the other thing about the combat in this is that the enemies are visible before yeah. they uh, they come at you. Also, really unique. So you're not talking about a random encounter, and we're not talking about some Final Fantasy business here. You can see them, and you can kind of avoid them if you Maybe. wish. Maybe most to. of them are faster than yeah, you are, well, so you can't just run away. <laughs> And the other interesting thing is if you sneak up on them and hit them from behind, you get first attack. Yes. Okay, so now that's like, well, that's not special. That's always like that. Well, in 1990X, that was a big mm-hmm. deal. Okay? You, <laughs> you were walking around a map in Final Fantasy and just had to fight all the time. Yeah. You know, like, and sometimes it would just be, oh, you got surprised. Fuck you, video game. Yeah. God damn it. Because that's the other thing is if the enemy uh, approaches you from behind, yes. they get first attack. So if you try to run away and don't make it, that's terrible. But also, in addition to that, and here is going back and playing this game as an adult, here's maybe the thing that didn't impress me the most, but it certainly impressed me. Once you have defeated the boss of an area, the enemies freaking run away from you. Because, oh shit, that guy whooped my boss's ass. And also, it means that you don't have to, like, A-button your way back through a dungeon once you've beaten the boss. On that note, by the by, if you are aggressively overleveled when you tap an enemy to fight them, you will Mm. auto-win. You will auto-win! Auto-win, you get the XP, you get the items, you get everything. (laughs) Why do video games not do that to this day? Every RPG should do that. Every time an RPG doesn't do that, which is I'm after Earthbound, I get pissed. I lose my shit. I'm like, this is bullshit. Why do I have to press these stupid commands? Even in Persona, I would get grumpy about it. I'm like, yeah. I shouldn't have to deal with this. Even I in Persona sh- with their rush option. And that's fine, but it's not the same as I won. Boy, mm-hmm. is that satisfying. Like, I am such a master right now, and you are a bitch. Run away. <laughs> Run from me. Run. That's Except for those like- fucking crows. They ne- you never beat them because the way... <sighs> I figured it out. The algorithm for that is if you can defeat the enemy before the enemy can act, yes. then it will give you the auto win. Correct. If, if, in one turn, essentially. Yes. Yeah, but, but with the crows, they always act first, yes. so you never auto beat them. <laughs> Fuck those crows, okay? Those crows and those territorial oaks can both kiss my ass. I with hate their them. their sunglasses. You're not cool, okay? <laughs> right? This is not risky business, crow. Put those away. What do you fucking think you're doing? So we are taking an eternity to get through this game. We are not even like a tenth no. through this. Look, we we don't have to break down the whole game. We don't have to do All that. Right. But the bottom line here is that like it's it's kind of a fixed game. You know how you end up with the Final Fantasy games and you have like ten characters and you're swapping people in and out. You do not have that here. You have four main characters which you are kind of collecting as you move through the game. Yep. And it's kind of cool what they do because with two of those characters, the third and fourth, you play as them separately through their oh, section of the so game. Cool. That's rad. So you're playing as, as Ness, the main character. And yeah, you pick we, up, we can just call them their default. Yeah, and we pick up the second character, Paula, and they're kind of teamed up. You go to save her through the peaceful mm-hmm. rest bullshit. Um, <laughs> fucking... And from the happy, happy cult, it's like a mix of the Ku Klux Klan and... Dude, Simon. I love it so much. Blue, blue. I love that. And the cows. 
the cows instead of saying moo they say blue oh it's so good um yeah that's where you run afoul of pokey again and he has joined the cult because he's a dick i hate that guy for real like what Mm. his brother should really dealt with that shit okay yeah his brother's so much cooler than he is Um, but his brother's useless so as as ness you pick up paula but then the game jumps to jeff right that's what they name him and he's at snowwood academy right up north Mm -hmm. somewhere and you play as him separately to guide him through his section and get him to meet up with the other two which is maybe the second most difficult part of the game. That's hard because you're kind of yeah those bo- those enemies in that area are not meant to f- be fought yet. You revisit that area later. One yeah yeah, and so that it's awesome that they do that that they break you away to another character, bring you back to the party, and then they do it again for Pooh. Uh, yes, Pooh, delightful. His name is Pooh for some reason. So offensive, <laughs> so fucking offensive <laughs> video games. Um, and they they send you through kind of like what they kind of deem a trial, you know. Which I oh, think is, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. You mean the part where the ghost breaks your arms and legs? Yes. And, and blinds yes. you and. <laughs> what the fuck? Right, this is some Chuck Norris shit, all right? Like. I... Oh, only without the weird politics. That was a weird part of the game, but they do. That's later in the game. They do that. And do that. Is that the part where you eat the magic cake? Is that... No. Is, is that. Not... No, that sends you somewhere else. God, this game is so fucking weird. It's like an acid trip. No, wait, no, you do. You eat the magic cake, okay. and then you take control of Pooh. That's right. So as... Pooh, not the, not right. the concept of Pooh. No, not actual shit. <laughs> Let's be clear. <laughs> so once you rejoin up with Jeff, Ness, Paula, and Jeff end up in this magical land, and they end up eating some cake, okay? Because, you know, if they, someone... They wind up you... in a, uh, essentially a summer resort town. Yeah, and they go and get some magic cake. Yep. Okay, look. But you have to convince the person... <laughs> to give you. <laughs> it, look, this is a pop brownie. Am I wrong here? Essentially, no, it's totally a pot brownie. It's totally a pot uh, brownie. You trip hard, dog. So the wife, yeah, the wife is hanging out at Club Stoic. Oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> so you have to get her out of Club Stoic. It's just this stupid club where everyone's just standing around. I can't. It's such, it's such a highbrow joke. It's almost, it was too smart for me when I was a kid. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't get that joke until I played this as an adult, and I was like, oh my god, that's really funny, no one's moving. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, thing is, the thing about, okay, let's go back to to Prince Pooh yes. and his, his trial, because oh that's the first time where the game tips its hand a little bit, mm-hmm. that, like, there's some dark stuff going on in yeah, this game. Yeah, like, like, if you haven't really considered the fact that ten-year-olds now have to save the world... That's that's kind of like boilerplate like yeah. RPG, yeah. the calling stuff. This is way way weirder. This like, is I kid you not, the spirit of your ancestors yes. breaks your leg, yes. rips off your arm. Yes. And, and like it keeps the game keeps saying, Do you accept this? And you have to keep saying yes, and your hit counter keeps rolling down, correct? Mm-hmm. You keep taking like hits in battle to do yep. this, and the screen is red. You know, yep. when you when you're taking critical hits. This is fucked up and you have to keep accepting like bone breakage yeah, it like deafens you and then the sound effects stop oh that's rad i forgot all about that yep and then it blinds you and the, the, screen, the goes, screen goes black except for like white text like it, yeah. it's the same text that uh ness has when he has a dream about going to save paula much yep. earlier in the game yo i forgot about how messed up that was yeah i remember even as a kid like this is dark i, I was sitting there as a kid going Huh, that seems wrong. <laughs> it's not 
okay. I'm not okay with this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, to get to this section, you have to eat the magic cake from the lady that you don't know. <laughs> you don't know her. Okay? You don't know her. And Good then perfect. I guess you have an out-of-body experience. <laughs> this game is so fucking weird. Uh, and then eventually Prince Pooh comes and meets up with the other party. Does he just teleport? To... He does. He's the one with the teleport spell. Right. So he teleports to the sunset. What the hell is that town called? Um, Summers. Summers. Jesus. Oh God, that's when I we get. I played this game so much. That's when we get into the themed. It's the one, two, three, four, and then it's the seasons. You yes. see people. Video games. Video oh games. man. Um. So then, yeah, your 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 crew is set. You're rolling deep. Yeah, it's time to save the world. Is like, it? Do you go to Saturn Valley at that point? I think you do. I was wondering if you go to Saturn. Do you go to the weird, upside down, crazy world, the neon town, before oh, you get no? Because that's in four sides. That's what I that thought. Is before God damn, that's weird. Talk and in fact, no, history. Saturn Valley is even before that. I think so too. Yeah, a lot happens. Pooh is kind of like the last link before you go off on your final end game adventure. Yeah, right? you don't get him until late. Yeah, that would be fucking useful. By the way, that game yeah. is hard. Like it's, he's helpful. He has some powerful magic. You also have to get his equipment before he becomes a real G. Like that's right. Get, that's true. If you get his sword, he isn't. He is unstoppable. Let's be clear, by the way. When you pick up your party members, they start at level one. Yep. <laughs> um, you're not at level one. <laughs> and neither are the enemies you're fighting. It's terrible. This game beats you down. Yeah. It's hard. It's not an easy RPG. Not a job. But here's the other thing, and I'm sorry that I keep jumping in on this. No, I, I like it. I, it's good. That's why, why we're doing this. Whenever I have a very kind of uh, a more jocular podcast, let's say, I, I do tend to get a little bit chatty. So by all means, like, jump in if I am talking too Dude, much. Dude, I have nothing to do. My children are in bed. <laughs> Delightful. Delightful. <laughs> um, my pup is wandering around chewing on himself. Um, mm, delicious. Yeah, I know. Um, he is, by the way, the cutest dog in the world. I know you've seen a picture of him. I love him. Just I so cute. Um... So yeah, this game, and this was another revelation that they still haven't taken to, you can get through this game without ever grinding. Yeah, you can. This, if you do it the right way, you can. actually challenging. Because that's always what I fucking hear, is like, oh, RPGs back in the day used to be challenging. And it's like, bullshit. <sighs> it used to be a fucking numbers game where your numbers it were It was a grind. Up. Do you remember Final Fantasy? Walk around an area until I fight oh, enough random boy. enemies so I get up to a certain level so I don't get spanked by the boss. Like, yeah, no matter spanked. how good your strategy is, even Persona, and I love you Persona. Still, you still have to grind in Persona. You it's still a, have to. They actually corrected a lot of that with Golden, and I appreciate it. I think that. Golden might be the perfect Persona game. I think so, too. Because and, uh, that's of why that. I, Five has a big bar to get over. Yeah, dog. We have some talking to do sometime next year. Yeah. Whenever I finish yeah. that game. But, like, yeah, this... This, <laughs> this game, Earthbound, yeah, is spe no. is special because of this. Like, you don't yeah. have to grind. You just have to not be shitty at video games. And you have to not but be impatient. It's also still long. Like, it's still yes. good. Like, 30 or 40 hours. I would say 40 hours. If you know yeah. what you're doing... It's 30 to 40. If you don't, like, you, there are some sections of that game that are kind of obtuse. You could That's wander around. <laughs> like, where's that cake? Okay, where yeah. the fuck did that lady go? You know? Where's the cake? The desert? Oh, the de oh the desert with the oh with the heat stroke oh god yep, the hot towels okay that's the other thing all right let's let's talk about status ailments real quick oh my Jesus Christ okay so you know how you guys are all spoiled about video games and when you get a status ailment it doesn't continue outside of battle fuck you Earthbound yep Earthbound <laughs> keeps punishing with you th with that and here's poison the best part. 
my favorite status ailment of all time in any video game. Homesick. Homesick. Because you didn't call your mom, son. Yeah, you call, gotta mom. call mama. That one and the uh, the mushroom effect. Yes. Jesus Christ. So you could fight mushrooms in this game that would inflict you with this spore growing out of your head, which reversed all your controls. Yep. And also in battle, you'd be weird. And you'd be weird and probably smack around your friends because yes. you're a good person. So but you had you to. Can... <laughs> You go had ahead. to go to a weird. You had to go to the hospital to get this healed, right? Except you're not going to the hospital. You're talking to the weird healer guy with weird hair in the corner, yep. who pays you yep. to buy the mushroom. He gives you a uh, who's on. He gives you a grant for the uh, yeah for the mushroom, and I don't That's mean right. like a, a academic grant. I mean a Ulysses S grant. Yeah, yeah, for a mushroom on your who head. Who was that guy? Who is that guy? Like, He's just sitting in the hospital. The hospital's dude, not removing dude. him. No, they're not like asking him, sir, could you please leave? They're like, we got a mushroom problem. This guy's yeah. solving it. Maybe we don't tell the insurance companies and we just do this off the books. Maybe so, they're taking a cut. Theoretically, yeah, this guy is uh, is affiliated with the hospital because he's in is every he? single one. He cures yeah. the ailments they can't cure. Which is nothing. They are useless, by the by. They can only yeah. revive people from being dead. Thanks, hospital. They do that, and they also do, like, the more mundane ones, like, I think, heat paralysis. St- yeah, and heat stroke, maybe, too. Yeah. But they don't cure, nothing cures homesickness. You get turned into a diamond. You can't do shit. Wow, that. that's a weird one that I forgot about. God damn it, that game is so weird. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, you gotta, you have to periodically call your mama, because yeah. you get homesick. Call mom. Call dad to check about the funds. Call mom, because you get homesick. Yeah. This is my life. Yeah. Basically. This is basically and mom's always super supportive. It's great. I love mom. I'm telling you, Xanax, bro. Like, a lot of it. <laughs> Or mom's been she, drinking. Day she drinking. She always seem vet. Yeah, mommy's little helper. She does for the show. I'm just saying, like, she's kind of. She's kind of the complete polar opposite of the mom from Arrested Development. Of yes. Lucille. She's Lucille's polar opposite, but with the booze still, I think. She's like the Oscar equivalent of Lucille. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she's popping all the Xanax, but she's not grumpy. She's really happy about life. And she's like kind. I don't want to say she's responsible, but she always does have a hot meal for you when you. That's come. true. She does all the cooking. And Tracy seems like she's getting along fine. Yeah. What is with that bow though in her head? Yeah. I, uh, Tracy, by the way, is your uh, your older sister? Is she older? There? Why is I, she not she, saving the world? She gets a job. That's right. She does. Yeah. She she basically is your item storage. Like she gets a job with a with an outfit called Escargot Express. Dude. Uh, and they they will store your items. Let's talk about item management and this nonsense before we before we move on. We've talked about the game, we've talked about the premise, and we won't we won't destroy. We could we could we'll come back to the plot. We'll finish it up, right? But like, this game is super weird about how you manage your items. Okay, yeah. so you, in order to store your items in a place, you have to pick up the phone, and call a person to come and get them, and hold on to them for you. The Escargot Express person. You call your sister essentially. And she sends a delivery Always guy. We're stoked to hear from you too. Yeah, she's really she's pretty pumped. She's rad. Um, they sent. I have to say th- this. Um, as much as we can say, like, oh, it's kind of a, it's a little bit like taking a dig at the American life and you it's... know how they see us with our cheeseburgers and whatnot. Ness comes from a profoundly supportive. Supportive. They are on your side. You want to save the world, honey? I got you. You can do yeah. anything you put You're... your mind to. Your family has your back one hundred percent of the way. Mom's probably a little drunk. Dad's a little absent. But yeah. they got your back. Okay, we're Tracy's good. Tracy's got a job, and her job helps you save the world. Yeah, like, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, like, she sends a delivery guy, and you kind of don't know when he's going to show up. Yep. <laughs> he just randomly runs over to you. 
Yep. There's a little music clip that plays, and he just shows up. And you're like, hey, bro, take my items. And he takes the items you asked for, and he gives you whatever you wanted out of your big cache of inventory. And he runs away. Because you can only hold so many things. Speaking of people randomly showing up, uh, we forgot to mention the photograph man. I love that guy. Does he have a name? He does, and I can't remember it, and now I actually feel bad. I remembered Summers, but I don't remember what that guy's name is. So at certain junctures of the story... People randomly show up a lot in this game, actually, because you can order pizza, too. We'll get there in a second. Oh, my God. Mock pizza. What a weird game. So at random points in the story, this dude will show up, and he's wearing a top hat, and he's got a rad beard, and he's got a camera, and he asks to take your picture, and he tells you to say Fuzzy Pickles. Yep. And he has, like, the most epic entrance music. Oh, it's so good. And he twirls down from the sky. Okay, he, he twirls from down the from the sky. sky. He might be Jesus. We're not certain. Okay. <laughs> he, he always perches on something in the yeah. setting. And he's got like a birdie thing to get you to pay attention to it on his camera. His camera's pretty detailed. It's one of those old cameras with the thing you put over your head, you know, a little mm-hmm. hood. And then like the screen will will do like a shutter. Which is a rad effect for the Super Nintendo. I think that it might be a... Is, is that a Mode 7 effect? Did it they? might be. It's gotta be, right? And Ness always gives, like, the V or the, peace sign. He gives sign a peace sign. He gives a smile. He's like, yo, I'm with my girl. Which is great because the rest of your party doesn't react at all. They so don't even just, move. like, staring blankly at it. So as you play this game more than once and you know where those junction points is, you start, or you start to set your party up in certain ways as you're walking into it. I don't Elaine. know if you ever did this. I totally yeah. I'm so glad I'm not the only person who did that. All right, I did this. So I would go, I'd be like, oh, Fuzzy Pickles guy's coming. I used to just call him Mr. Pickles, you know. <laughs> If you're dirty, so and I'd be like, I want, I want them all lined up so I can see everyone's face. Yeah, you know, I was like, if, you're a, if they're in profile, they're smiling. If yes. Ahead, then they have a blank look. Yes, on their face. and the thing about this is, all of these little clips would play over the credits, essentially, mm-hmm. and you would see them all as you took them during the game. Which is so cool. Which is rad, because I don't know where it was storing that, but it was keeping that like information somewhere, it's, right? It's the same place that it uh. It stored uh, however many enemies you'd defeated so that it knew how much to deposit. Weird, right? Probably. I actually don't know if that's true. I have no idea. The math that went on in behind this game was impressive. Also, randomly, the game will ask you, the player, for your full name. We'll come back to that. Yeah! That's right. Man, man. Maybe it was Fuzzy Pickles guy who was asking me. I don't know. No, like someone randomly comes up and is like, hey, we're doing a survey. Yes! Survey guy! with the control, they actually say the person, yes. oh, that's the other thing this game does that we forget to mention is that it breaks the fourth wall. Constantly. With, with, with like, blatant disregard for what it's doing. It, it makes... does it with the tutorials where, and this is yes. something that has always bothered me, especially with um, Metal Gear Solid. Metal with, Gear? With, with the, Metal Gear. <laughs> with nice. the colonel going, Snake, you need to press the X button. <laughs> Have you... There's a really good, this is a tangent, and I will edit it out later if I decide I want to. There's a really good spoof audio clip of Snake talking to Otacon because he locked his keys in the Metal Gear. I think I have heard this. It's amazing. And he's like, have you have you tabbed all the way through your inventory? It's so good. It's, it's, it's that. Well, and because Metal Gear, and look, don't get me wrong, I love Metal Gear. <laughs> Yeah, me too. It's yeah, Japanese in the same way that Earthbound is, though. Yeah, once again, <laughs> uh, much like with Arkham Knight, uh, troublesome gender politics aside, Metal Woo! Gear is phenomenal. Agreed. <laughs> uh, but they they treat buttons like they're just things yeah, in the world. Yep. And Earthbound calls that out. Yes. When you're because there's a a library in One It, which is where you get the map. Yep. And that bitch. when you go through the library, people will tell you gameplay mechanics. And this is in an yes. era before tutorials were. Yeah, you would just talk to them and they'd be like, press whatever, but, you know, you can fast access your inventory with R1 yeah. or, or R. 
there the was R no... button. And then they're like, by the way, what is an R button anyway? Yeah, and you're just like, no, you've already broken the fourth wall. You don't get to do that. You can't work that back. Like, yeah, there's the, there's like the mole yeah. guy teaching you about uh, enemy approaching. Oh my gosh, that's right, the mole is like, if you hit them from behind, oh my goodness. Yeah, where he says like, the screen will spiral red. Oops, I mean the world in front of you yeah. will spiral yeah. red. You're like, wait a second. A second, and that a lot of that—that's just a perfect translation thing. You know what yeah, I mean? That's what we're talking about with the localization. Mm-hmm. Without without Treehouse locking that down, this would not be as good. There's no, no. way. E- so even good. if it had been re-released with a better localization, like Chrono Trigger eventually was on the DS. That's right. Because like, have you played the original Chrono Trigger? Man, yeah. Frog sounds like a crazy person. Yeah, he might be a sociopath. <laughs> Even amongst the medieval people, no one does the whole Shakespearean. No one speaks though. like that, bro. No one talks. What are you're a frog? First of all, you're a frog. Yes. Okay. Second of all, what are you saying? <laughs> I don't understand any of the words that are coming out of your mouth. Your frog so, mouth. Yes, your hideous frog mouth. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the, the, the translation and the localization for this really, it cannot be understated. No. Like they don't, they didn't change a thing for the virtual console because they no. didn't need to. So didn't they tweak them? You know what? We'll get there. Cause I think All they right. tweaked the music, but oh, yeah, they did because the, the, the composer oh ripped God. off the Beatles. Yep. Video games. Boy, you know who's really litigious? The Beatles. <laughs> Word. They're like, yo, I think you owe me $5 and 99 cents for that. I mean, I'm going to need that now. I'm going to need that now. Um, so yeah, so like, oh, right, so we got tutorials, we've been through the item management, we've been yep. through the battle mechanics, we've been through the party, yo posse. Yes. Let's, let's close up this story arc, and then we we'll talk about the, the rest. We have to talk about the rest of the plot, and not the whole thing, but... I mean, I mean, uh, we're, 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 the Statue of Limitations has got to be up here. <laughs> yeah, God, yes, I'm not worried about spoilers, like, anyone who doesn't want to be spoiled... For this twenty-one-year-old game. Oh God, we're so old. That I know, right? Oh, I mean, God, I feel bad for the people who could not play this back when it came out. I think this is a really interesting experience to have as a young person and then as an older person. You know, what I one hundred percent agree. Like to have this experience is in eighth grade and then come back to it. Like, and I've played Earthbound all the way through probably ten times total. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a it's a completely different experience as you get older, and it's kind of magic in that way i okay then let me ask you because i am uh obviously i'm in uh, i'm engaged to be married but i don't have uh any responsibilities outside of that uh, and the dog has having kids changed this game for you no not necessarily i think it'll be interesting when my son gets old enough to sit still long enough to play it with me okay i really want to him to experience this game when he's kind of younger and you know, the, the, the flashy lights and sounds of modern video games kind of haven't lured him away, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I guess we we should talk about the rest of the plot, man. We should lock this thing yeah. down. No, no, no. Like, I, that was just a very quick like. No, no. But what I mean is, like, it's kind of related. Like, these parents okay. are sending their kids off to save the world kind of blind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's the point when you save Paula... Uh-huh. from the happy, happy cult nonsense, <laughs> and you bring her back to the daycare... Right, where her parents that her parents own, and they like pretty much give you the thumbs up to take her with you to save the world, but they seem pretty yep. sad, you know. That's kind of a bummer. That seems a bummer. I felt bad. I'm like, oh man, but her parents, but, yeah. man, but but you need her. <laughs> we need her to save the world, but I feel bad taking you away from your parents. You know, playing yeah. that as an older person definitely made me think, man. First once of again, all, her parents are great. 
They're also rad, super happy people. Jeff's dad sucks. He's terrible. <laughs> like, not every parent in this game is great. No, he's pretty Jeff's terrible. Jeff's dad is a fucking... He's odd. a lunatic. He's a lunatic. He's, a, he's an absentee parent, right? He, like my... He talks to his son like he's a stranger. Yeah, because his science is more important than his kid, man. Yeah. That's where he's at. Like, he is the, um... Almost like the embodiment of... I guess maybe what the people who wrote this game think of the parent who's never there because they're working too much. Well, that's kind of your dad, but he at least is encouraging and gives you money. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Thanks, Dad, for buying my love. <laughs> yeah, well, and he encourages you yes, he and does. saves your game. That's yeah. pretty important. I mean, that's pretty important. We need that. But yeah, Jeff's dad kind of is just like, whatever. Yeah. yeah he's go like, so have you been at school? And it's like, oh, you mean the school that I just broke out of and you're not wondering about that? Are you not wondering how I had to jailbreak out of my own school and walk through all this snow of all these yetis? And then I went through the... The maze and the what the dungeon man. man? Dungeon Man was scary. Dungeon Man is rad. Oh, Dungeon Man's the best. What a weird way to set up a dungeon. <laughs> because then it introduces you to the tropes of JRPG dungeons. It's it's like a giant joke. It's like it, it, I think one of your first enemies might be a rat in there. Am I wrong? No, I don't think they had rats in there. Was there no rats in that one? No, because this is JRPGs, not uh, not. Western. Oh yeah, they're not Western. Western. There was something in there. No, there's definitely, like, a... Because, okay. <sighs> we're never going to get through this because this game is so dense. Uh, there's a lot of game here, man. We're going to we're gonna finish it. We're going to do this. <laughs> you, uh... And I'm, oh, I'm not saying that because I'm sad. I'm having the time of my life. Um, <laughs> there is a dungeon that you first, I believe, encounter as Jeff. Mm-hmm. Where you're going through it, and, like, you're seeing these little signs that are pointing out why the things are the way they are yes. in the dungeon. And they're all signed from Dungeon Man. <laughs> Yeah. And then you meet this guy at the end of the dungeon who's like, hey, I'm Dungeon Man. I built this dungeon. Like, do you like it? You're like, what the hell, man? <laughs> it's great. He, later in the game, he comes back as an actual Dungeon Man. A giant one. It's, I can't. It's so good. It's so on the nose, you know, in so many ways. So, okay, wait. Where do we get to? We have our posse. All four, right? We've had yes. the cake. We're, we're rolling four deep. We're, where do we go after summers? We have defeated... Oh. There's also Saturn Valley, which is where people talk backwards, and you have to fight Master Belch, who has enslaved these people, and he loves fly honey, and Threed has zombies. Like, we haven't even scratched this. I know, there's so much. There's so much. But, like, it's every area is themed in a delightful yeah. way, and, it's, and they hold the theme. They hold on to the theme. And the actually, I was through. wrong. Uh, uh, Prince Pooh is not the first time the game turns dark. I would venture to say that Threed is the first time the game Threed gets Threed is kind of fairly dark. messed up. Yes. And it's it is like it's funny, I actually find it more scary as an adult than I did as a kid. Really? And Why not is like that? in a I want to stop playing, this is too stressful kind of scary, but just in the way that these people have adapted to living around zombies. Yeah. Cuz they're a reality. The threat of zombies. Like it's it's, it's kind of a weird take on the zombie apocalypse where yeah. people have just kind of weirdly adapted to it, but it, not like in a walking dead brutal way. No, but they're just like it's a reality of their life that there are zombies around now. Yeah. And they just start to talk about it in the most weirdly casual way. <laughs> yeah, and there's like a circus tent that they're all in, and then you get the zombies in the circus tent, and then the zombies are like pissed at you, which is also weird. And then the circus tent wants to eat you. Yes. You fight the, the tent. tent. What a weird game. And then Foresight is after that. The I, big city. <laughs> man, yeah, the big city. The big city. It, man. After we get all four characters, what, where do we go from there? 
Oh, boy. The exact chronology. I think you go to the swamp. Yeah, so you go to the swamp where if you have a certain item, you can find the truffles. Yes, the pig nose. The pig nose is great. No, you don't, because first uh, first Prince Pooh gets called away. So you get him, and then, yeah, you get him, and then he gets called away. You get him, and he gets called away, but not immediately. So you go somewhere after Summers, because it's somewhere that you can't get unless you can teleport, because that's what, that's what yes, Pooh brings Yes, that's to what the... he brings to the table, which is yeah. very useful. It is by. extraordinarily useful. He also brings an item, though, doesn't he? Like, don't you need to destroy something that he... With something he has. Is it, it's another one of those pencil statue type of situations, right? Where it's a yeah, certain thing. Yeah, by that... the way, you're also going hither and thither with this rock that the bee gave you at the beginning of the game. Right. And when you defeat a boss, you're getting part of a song. Yeah, so the bottom line is, you're going through the world. To save the world, you need to fill up the soundstone. Okay. At every boss location, there is like a recording for your soundstone. So you're looking for those. What are they called? Those locations. They have a name. Yes. So you guys. So you're looking. Essentially, you're going through all these places looking for all those locations. Yeah. So this is what kind of drives you from place to place when you don't have anything like you need to find this person here. Yes. It's it's you need to find as a a your place location. Yes. So you know you you kind of grab all of those locations and and get all the sounds and that's important for the end of the game. Right. And there are some David Bowie references, and it's great. God, yeah, what a weird thing. <laughs> so ultimately, boy, where do we want to end up here? We should probably tie up this plot discussion at some point. Yeah, you go, so you go through the swamp. Pooh comes back. He kills Master Barf. Um, you go into Ness's mind when you get the final soundstone location yes. after defeating the carbon dog, which becomes the diamond dog. Man, that was rad, yes. by the way. Rad. Um, <laughs> so you go inside of his his mind... Where again, more more existential tragedy awaits in the form oh of the Birdmen. God, what a yep, yes. You get these helpers in Ness's mind because your party is not here. Mm-hmm. Uh, except the helpers can die, and then if you go back to where you recruit them, you see their gravestones, and the gravestones become like increasingly grim. Yeah, that's super depressing. Like, wow. <laughs> like, yeah, the first one is like, "Here lies Birdman One. He died a heroic death." The yep. next one is like. Here lies Birdman 2, he died on a quest. The third one's like, here lies Birdman 2, or 3, he died. The fourth one is like, here lies someone. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. Hell? Some sort of, man, <laughs> talk about the forgotten soldier. Yeah. I'm sorry, Birdman. Jeez. So you, you fight at the end of Ness's mind, the evil Mani Mani statue, which we mm-hmm. also didn't mention, is this weird golden statue that's been kind of following you. Yeah, he sh- it shows up everywhere. Right? Yeah, it, shows up it, it kind of has a corrupting influence on people. Yes, so it you know it gets uh, the happy happy cultist guy. Yes, um, and then it gets the guy in foresight. Mm-hmm. It, it's a weird. It's it, it, you can completely miss it. Yeah. if you're not paying attention. So my first time through the game, I totally didn't even pick up on that. That's great. Because I was in eighth grade, and I yeah. was like, video games, they're fun, right? My adult times through this game, I was like, man, there's a lot of thought that went into passing this one item through without calling attention to it mm-hmm. you know what i mean they never really call attention to it in any aggressive way nope it's just always there it's just always kind of there whenever shit has gone wrong and you have to fight somebody who's kind of yep. hard to fight and it's hanging out yep and so you get into your own head and you end up having to fight it and mm. you whoop its ass because yes. it's not that bad that well that fight was obnoxious but yeah. you know it's not the end of the world And then comes the end game. Dude, you become a robot. Yeah, you... So Jeff's 
father with the help of the Mr. Saturn people, who are these weird passive people who are great, who talk funny. And they talk funny you, and they're little smushies. Yes, if you've played Super Smash Brothers, you might have seen one as an item. They're the little, like, weird pink walkie dudes with mustaches and little bows in their hair. They're the greatest part of Earthbound, secretly, yes. people. They're the greatest <laughs> thing. They're the greatest writing in all of Earthbound. So anyway. they have a time machine. Right. They turn you into robots because much like in the Terminator universe, living tissue cannot go through a time, or opposite of the Terminator universe, living tissue cannot go through a time. Correct. Machine. Which is well thought out, really. I mean, yeah. that, okay. We, so basically, they're taking your brain, putting <laughs> it into robots, and sending you in time. Yes. To save the world. To, I believe, the, want to say the birthplace of Gigas? Uh-huh. Gotta go throw down. Giant Where cave. Where you find yourself... In this weird little prison, you also find Pokey. You have to beat the crap out of him, finally. Is, is he in his spider robot suit at that he point? He is. Fuck that thing. Bring it, bitch. Let's go. I whooped his yeah. ass. Well, <laughs> at that point, you have multi-bottle rockets, which will just annihilate anything. Basically, I tore through Pokey because I was mad at his face. Yeah. So. Yep. Okay. I have, uh, I have made a vow to myself at, at times when I play through that game to play through it without ever using uh, multi-bottle rockets in the game. The game and gets a lot harder. <laughs> no, that game is hard without that stuff. Like, Jeff's tech abilities make that game much easier. Yes. But still not easy. No. So, so you kill po- you whoop Pokey's butt. You don't kill anyone yes. directly in this game. No, you always knock them out. or like. Yeah, it's, it's very, like, Pokemon in that way. They fainted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that. Um, and then you're except onward. That, except without the awkward, like, dog fighting implications that Pokemon has. Yeah. <laughs> Video games are not all Xanax and gin tonics, okay? It's, like, it's... sometimes. Video game podcasts, on the other hand. Yeah, well, what? what? <laughs> I need, I can't discuss video games with that. I play Dark Souls for fun, okay? Mm-hmm. I have problems. So you're a robot, you've killed, we've whooped on Pokey. Yep. And now you're going to go fight the big bad guy who's trying to take over the world. Who... So the big bad guy is essentially uh, an old god from the Thulu mythos. Yes. Which... <laughs> like, it is revealed. <laughs> I... Man, you didn't see that You didn't see that coming. No. I'm telling you, you didn't see that coming. Like, and also, like, how does that, all, how does that eep its way into everything? Like, it's amazing. Even back mm-hmm. in the 90s. Even back in 1990X. We... <laughs> So here's the crazy thing about the final boss is that throughout the game, whenever you fight an enemy, it always has this very trippy, weird, colorful background that kind of moves and swirls and undulates. Along with the best battle music of all time. Yes, amazing battle music. Anyway, continue. So the enemy is like a 2D sprite in the foreground of that. Yes. When you fight Gigas, you are literally fighting the background. Yeah, which has been there the whole time. It is just this weird, malevolent thing. Like, sometimes it looks like a skull. Sometimes it looks like a fetus. Like They didn't even want to model it directly. Yeah. It is very, very much like, you know, the end <laughs> of the remember, world, man. I, like, <laughs> yeah. I remember mentioning to you on, uh, on Facebook that I definitely wanted to call attention to the line of dialogue, which weirded me out as a kid and as an adult kind of terrifies me because I love I'm, – I'm super into, like, Lovecraftian. Good thing the, you're playing Bloodborne. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, old god kind of psychological horror much yeah. more than, like, jump scares and whatnot. Agree and when you. this thing attacks, it says you cannot grasp the true nature of yeah. Jesus' attack. Yeah! Whoa! <laughs> yes. I will never forget that. So, in order to beat this dude, 
you throw everything at it physically, right? And you miss a lot and you whiff. And you realize that one of your characters has had, has had an a, an option in her all, battle. All of your characters have secondary abilities. Yes. Yeah. And Paula's secondary ability is prey. <laughs> and prey during normal battle did some random effect. You, yes. you could not predict what it would do. Sometimes it would heal your whole party. Sometimes it would hurt everybody. Sometimes it would hurt the enemy, heal the enemy, blah, blah, blah. It turns out that during this fight, every time that you pray, it flashes you back to an area in the game that you have been, and those people are rooting for you. I love this. This is my favorite thing in a video game in a really long time. It literally walks you back through the entire game. Every experience yeah, I... that you've had that was meaningful in this game, which it turns out was a lot when you really look at it, and I think you mm -hmm. have to pray nine times. Is that right? Something like, it's either it's eight e or nine. Yeah. It's either eight or nine or maybe even ten. And every every time you pray, it steps you back and back, you know, into every area that you've been to, to all these people, and it tells you that they're kind of pulling for you. Basically, everyone who you who has either aligned themselves with you or who you fought, who then kind of turned out to be not so bad. Yeah. Every person. It literally works you back through your whole experience. Yeah. In one, like, set moment. And you kind of, like, see where people turned out. Like, uh, Frank of the Sharks, which we didn't even talk about. The Sharks oh, were a local gang. They were kind of your first big fight. Yep. Like, it shows him working at the burger joint. I love it. I just love that. Like, it, it's it's literally your game recap and your sort of, you know, like, what happens next. All in one, like, wrap-up. It's really cool. And it, it, without, by the way, without the strategy guide, you would never even know to do this. You would just nope. get your ass whooped. Let's be clear. Yeah. So... By the end of the prayer, Paula can't think of anyone else to pray to, and Gigas just keeps, like, Yeah, wailing on you. That's right. And she calls out to the darkness. Oh, man. Is this ringing a bell? Do you remember what happens? To, lay it on me, man. Let's hear it. It's slowly, and you have to keep praying. I believe this is, like, the last two or three prayers. Because she just keeps calling out to the dark. As like, she's she fainting, right? To the void. Yeah. Yes, as she's fainting. That's right. And it spells out your name, the person... Playing the game, holding the controller. Dude, that's right! That's why the person had you enter your name. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. That's why, like, the random person's like, I'm taking a census. Who's playing this video yeah. game? It's a... It, man. It spells out your name, and it's the greatest moment in any video game. That's cr It's crazy. Like, it's absolutely bananas. Because, like, you know, I remember when it said, Corey Schrader, like, calls out of the dark. I was like, yes! You're goddamn right, I do. Let's do this. And it does like fifty thousand damage. To yeah, it's it, and it's freaking hit point roller just rolls and you win <laughs> and it's so satisfying. The end of that game. Oh. And I haven't played. You see, it's funny. I always start that game. And I don't always finish it. Do you know like, what I mean? It's like oh, the end of that game. I just love hearing that one at theme so much. <laughs> yeah, right. Do, 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 do. It's man. It's one of those things where, like, I yeah, you start that game a lot and you only finish it a couple of times. So the end of that game, I've only I've probably only seen the end of that game like four or five times. Yeah. It's been a long time. I just had <laughs> yeah. a moment. I just had a moment of. The f I remember beating that game the very first time I ever beat it, and I I we had my brother and I had struggled very hard with it, and we finally beat it. And I remember thinking, that's eh, probably the most satisfying video game experience I'm ever going to have in my life. <laughs> might actually be still be true to this day. <laughs> that might be, and that's not to you know take anything away. I'm not one of these curmudgeons who's like, oh, video games used to be so. No, yeah, no. no. I loved Bloodborne, man, satisfying. Okay, yeah, beating for Bloodborne every, for every Earthbound, there were like ten. I don't know brandishes. Yeah. Oh God. Look, I battled through a lot of shitty games in my life. Okay. Yeah. All right. I finished. I've seen some aliens, Colonial Marines. Oh, okay. Okay. 
real quick. We'll get back to Earthbound. We'll get back to good games real quick. I got to the point in that game where a chestburster pops out of someone, and then a tutorial thing like yep. pops over it, and I was like, yep. done! Yep, I finished that game, okay? So feel for me. <sighs> Alright, I finished that whole game. Alright, I finished it, and I hated myself. I got I, like 25 minutes into it, and I was like, done. I remember getting about halfway through that game and apologizing to my liver. Because there was no <laughs> way I was finishing that game without being drunk. So yeah, I, had, I had a roommate at the time who played, who basically hate fucked that game. Yeah, that's what I did. That's what I did. That's what happened. Anyway, I'm a good person. Earthbound though, but for but but Earthbound holds on. Like it makes all those bad game experiences go away because it's just so fucking satisfying to beat that game. I feel like that might have been when it spells out your name. That might have been the first time I stood up and cheered for a game. I fist pumped the air. I'm Italian. I'm from Jersey. Yeah. You know? I my real name and not some stupid name. I'm really glad I put my real name in there too. That was that. Cause you know what? You could have put, uh, you know, lol penis in there. Yeah, exactly. Don't do that, people. You could have put like shits McGee. <laughs> Cox dicks lols. You know, don't. It's not. It's not as satisfying to call out to Cox dicks lols not when you much. save the world. <laughs> um, and you save the world. You save the goddamn world. Destroy Gigas at his source. He's done. Time. You, go you get to walk everyone home then. Yeah, you get to walk everyone home in your party. And you get to see where all those people and how happy they are to see everybody. That's yep. pretty cool. <laughs> Except Jeff's dad. Whatever, man. Okay? Yeah. Bro. Even he is like... He's pretty happy. Yeah. He's, he's pretty happy. He's as stoked as that guy gets. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you know... He's like Bill Nye the science guy. And then you get to do your thing... That you were so worried about, you get to bring Paula back to her parents. I needed to do that. That was really important to me. And as an adult playing that game, that felt very satisfying. It's like, look, I really needed her. Believe me, she saved the world. Okay? Yeah. This was not me. This was her. She's rad. Thank you. Yeah. You know? Thank you, sir. Thank yeah. you. You know? I am 10. Thank you for yeah. allowing me to steal your daughter. <laughs> yeah, I am 10. Fuck. Five or six years, I might become sniffing back around. <laughs> yeah, you know, I got, I got, just, I'm going to hold on to this crack bat. Okay, I've got this bat. Um, Halloween decoration. <laughs> it's just, don't worry, it's just, I, yeah, do you like my hat? It's good though, right? That hat. Yeah. yeah. Um, this game, that, uh. all, all of that stuff made special by the music in this game. Mm -hmm. As you've, as you've intonated. Every area has its own. Yep. All of them are special. The super memorable, very memorable. They play in your head. What was the name of the group of traveling blues singers? The the Runaway Five. That were kind of the beat. Were they the Beatles? They were. I think they were more the Blues Brothers. I, were they meant to be the Blues Brothers, or they were, were they meant to be the Beatles? I think it was kind of a combination because there were five of them. Obviously. That's true. I mean, yes, there was the Runaway Five. I actually own a T-shirt that that's called. It has the Runaway Bros on it. <gasps> it's a good T-shirt. It's a really good T-shirt. Um, um, I want one of those with like fake tour dates. Oh, dude, yeah, it's kind of set up as a billing. It's a really good, it's a really good shirt. I, really I, I like think it. they are a combination of the Blues Brothers and the Beatles. Yeah, because they, I mean, a lot of, some of the music definitely, like, the point we made earlier, <laughs> the, when this was re-released on the Wii U, some of the music was altered because it was a little bit too, <laughs> a little close. <laughs> yeah, I think it was actually some of the battle music, though. Yeah. Theirs. Uh, and my favorite battle music is actually some of the special battle music, the boss stuff. It's really sure. good. Some of my favorite battle music of all time. Um, uh, but yeah, the Runaway Five are just kind of this this traveling uh, jazz blues group, yeah. blues group who, who kind of have your back as well. Uh, they get you out of Threed because you can't go through, or they get you into Threed. Yeah, the you can't get in with the tunnel. In it, but 
the ghosts hate music, so they, their tour bus is just blaring music, and the ghosts give up. And they run away from you, and it's so good. The ghosts are like, no, no. <laughs> I... no these guys are too cool. Oh, God, that saxophone. Damn it. <laughs> you get them out of trouble, though. You pay yeah. them You pay them out of some trouble with it's a diamond. <laughs> God damn those guys, man. They got to stop owing people money. They got to start reading contracts. Yeah, could you, bro, could you hire a lawyer? I got a guy. It's all right. Um, the music in this game is one of my favorite parts of it. Mm-hmm. I love the way it plays, but I love the way it sounds. Yeah. There is a remix soundtrack. Oh, God, I can't remember the name of the project that it was. Um, and it, it's actually really incredible. Uh, a remix album. I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up because it's so important. This is. Amazing. I'm gonna talk about how this and Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI slash three kind of had like the best music of oh, the yeah. era. Yeah. If you ever if you like Earthbound, you should uh, Google Bound Together, which is an album that was remixed from all this stuff, and it's incredible. Like okay. I I will listen to it to this day. Uh, it was an OC remix. Uh, some folks that came out of OC remix and okay. that did this, and it's really good. This is six. This is some sixteen-bit video game console music, right? Yeah, that's real good, and it's better than some of the stuff they put in games now. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it, that this era of games had some great music as a general. It's just because they had to be evocative. Like yes. they couldn't rely on real instrument, quote unquote, real instruments. They had some MIDI sounds, man. Yeah, right? they had to be evocative. And, and it was fun, and it had to be like in order for it to get you to pay any attention it had to be interesting and unique you know they had to play with range and with sound in a way that you don't have to if you have stereo yeah have like do you quality. remember the, the the imperial theme for uh, final fantasy 6 yeah yes so good fantastic it's one of the most sinister songs i've ever heard on some midi stuff like that's impressive yeah i love it that's great stuff let's see what uh. we got what else do we have all right so we've that's man that's earthbound in a nutshell uh. That is the plot. I mean, there's, there's, you know, a lot of like great uh, fan stuff. There's, oh, of course, Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. This game sold poorly in the United <laughs> States, and by poorly I mean man, right? <laughs> but somehow Ness found his way into Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Original uh, N64. He was like the ultimate unlock. Yeah, and and no one knew who the fuck he was, which is my favorite part. Except people like us, right? That was yep, like that and uh, the Mr. Mr. Saturn was a power up in that. I remember that. People. And people like had to, they were asking that on Game Facts and stuff mm-hmm. like that because they had no idea who these people were. And I'm like, dude, but it's the best game of all time. Yeah. But it's the best game of all time. And I want to say that was right around the time that the the rumors of an Earthbound coming out on the Nintendo 64 were happening. Yeah, which if you go back, there are some screenshots. There are screenshots that were rad, and I was yeah. pumped, and then it never happened. So I feel like those screenshots were probably stuff that was generated for Smash Brothers. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe a level or something. A, I don't know. You see, like, what's his name? The dad is in a lot of those screenshots. Oh, the, yeah. The cowboy dad who, who was never in a Smash Brothers. That's true. That's true. I just, I wonder if that stuff was actually generated, like, because the game was actually going to be made. Or I can't imagine. I it was probably imagine. like alpha, like early, early yeah. alpha stuff. Because you definitely, it's interesting going back, because I actually, I don't know why or how, but I looked it up recently. And yeah, like. Because obviously at the time I had no context for it whatsoever, but having played uh, Mother 3, the, the fan translation, which we'll get into in a moment, mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh yeah, that's that place, and that's that character, and that's this. So 
they definitely had something. Yeah, they definitely had more than a little bit. And it made it into Nintendo Power, at least one of the magazines at that point that I was reading as a kid. Yeah. So, and it was very exciting to me, and then it never happened, and I was really upset. Yeah, me too. Because, oh, yeah, the idea of Earthbound 2, I was like, what? Right? Yes. It blew your mind. Um, except... I kind of like the way the series has been handled in a way that each game is kind of separate from mm-hmm. the others. I mean, Earthbound Zero or Earthbound Beginnings, as it's now called, is related. So, yeah. you know, but when did Lucas make it into Smash Bros? Was that the GameCube one or the Wii one? Oh, that was the Wii one. It was the Wii one, right? So Lucas... Ness was, Ness was definitely in the uh, the GameCube yes, one again. Yes, But then Lucas didn't make it until the Wii one. So Lucas was the main character from Mother 3, which never came yes. out in the United States. That's why it's bananas. Yeah. The bananas that also, that... Oh, sorry, go ahead. That that guy made it into a Smash Brothers game that came out in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Most of everyone I know was like, do you know who this dude is? He looks like Ness. He's got the same kind of shirt. And I'm like, look, you need to use the internet. <laughs> on your google machine okay yeah. it's, it's you know for fuck's sake it's not 1990x anymore i know we up. have google it's lucas and they're like who's lucas i'm like go fuck yourself all right because that's the <laughs> that might be a better game than earthbound oh let's not go nuts i mean it's it's on the border here. i don't i do not it's, i actually was a little bit turned off by how much just darker it is red. it's very dark and i think that that's problematic and also good you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I, I definitely appreciate it, but I love... One of the reasons that I love Earthbound so much is because it starts out so bright and shiny yes. and wonderful. And then, be, like, the last just tenth of the game is just pitch black. Fucking, you are an insignificant yeah. speck in an... In, in oh, a... and I will destroy this universe. It's kind of like Mother 3 picks up where Earthbound left off. Kind of, Thematically, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, just, it's, everything's terrible. Everything's it's very awful. much like you are a speck being yeah. digested by an uncaring universe. Yeah, it's it's, and Mother Three, Mother Three came out on the GBA. It was only yes. released in Japan, and because the people who love Earthbound love it so hard, mm-hmm. some people got a hold of the ROM and fan translated that entire game. Damn good fan translation. It's an incredible fan translation. This so they released a ROM hack that you can install. I'm not going to tell you all about that stuff, but it existed. And then some dude who owns an etsy shop started putting them on actual gba cartridges which might not be legal but (laughs) who knows i just i just know i have one and i've played it on a real gba nice and it's weird to do that with a game that i never thought i would ever be able to play right um that entire thing was done because of starman.net largely Mm -hmm. so earthbound it didn't sell a lot of copies in this country but the people who did buy it really love it deeply Deeply. Deeply. And there is there was a forum website, Starman.net, that started long, long ago in the land of 1990X <laughs> to talk about this game and to talk about what they loved about the game and playing through the game and playthroughs and speedruns and all that stuff. And born of that was the Mother 3 fan translation. Yes. And also a website that I deeply love called Fangamer.net. Hmm. So when the Mother 3 fan translation happened, Fangamer essentially started a storefront to sell their version of a strategy guide for Mother 3. (laughs) They literally went through and made clay models of all the characters. They themed it like a travel guide, just like kind of Earthbound's was. They they went the whole nine yards, and they sold them. That's phenomenal. It's amazing. It's probably the most... And they still sell this guide, and it's probably the most incredible thing I actually own in physical copy. (laughs) And what they've done recently is kickstart doing that again with the Earthbound guide. Redoing the Earthbound guide their way. 
That's a tall order. Dude, and it's probably going to be amazing. These guys are good. Um, so I have a hardbound copy of that maybe ordered to come to me when they're ready. That's fantastic. It has to happen. But that's where I got my Runaway Bros shirt from. Um, <laughs> they've got Ness's shirt up on that oh, side. Yeah. You can go And you can buy his baseball cap. Just saying, guys. Fangamer.net. Like, of all the merch sites in all the world, give them your money. They've since done a lot of other video games, but they started as an Earthbound fan thing. And the reason I've played Earthbound so many times is actually because Starman.net and Fangamer got together and they did, like, an Earthbound fan fest a couple yeah. years in a row where they played through the game and they had certain save points that they would hit daily. So they finished the game over the course of, like, a month. Interesting. Where they would say, play up to X today, play up, you know, and so people over the internet would be playing it and then posting on forum boards about their experience playing it again, you know, and that was really rad. And I remember yeah. meeting a lot of really cool people as a function of those websites and oh, I'm a big earthbound nerd. <laughs> and see, I, 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 you know, I know all the facts and all of like the names and whatnot, but it seems uh, like you are so much more like just into the lore, like not the lore, but the uh, the the exterior, the community, man, stuff. like yeah, the, the, community. the fun people who like really love this game. It's fun. It was recently speedrun. Did you see that? Yes. That was a. There's a speedrun thing going on right now, and they the, the guy like there's certain inputs you can kind of input in this game apparently to influence to, to yeah to influence how the random generation works so to break <laughs> it, and it requires a lot of skill and it was amazing to watch. I was like, uh, what did I just see? <laughs> I thought I knew how this game works. And then there's sequence breaking and all kinds of banana shit that, that happens. But the community of people who love Earthbound really love Earthbound. There is something called the pointless item that totally has a point. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Yes. It's not actually in the strategy guide. It's not. There's a lot that they left out of the strategy guide because it's it's not really a strategy guide. Yeah. It's a really complicated manual <laughs> with maps, you know? Yeah. That's a weird thing to this day. Yeah. I uh I, I if people are interested in Earthbound, starman.net is a really good place to start. Because I feel like there's a lot of information and links and places to go to check the it out. The fact that it's still around is kind of incredible. It's still there, and all the people who have kind of spawned off of it are still around and doing their thing. And and after after all of this, some folks on the internet who probably came from the Starman.net forums have decided to do a Mother 4. Hmm. There is a fan project out there to create a Mother 4 game, and it's going to be free yep. on Windows, Mac, and Linux it was supposed to be out this summer, but I somehow very much uh, doubt that it will be. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. Um, and once again, boys and gals, tall order. Yes. Uh, and they have a soundtrack that's actually out there, and it's pretty good. It's on, this, it's on SoundCloud. It's a hell of a game. <laughs> yeah, like, I just... It, the screenshots are so earthbound it hurts. You know what I mean? Like, they the screenshots yeah. for, for Mother 4, and they, and they made all the characters in clay models. Like, it's... These people love this series of games deeply so if you're interested in in it and haven't seen that it's mother4game.com i'll probably donate some money just saying. <laughs> i i want to play that that seems fun you know yeah, why not definitely. how how many times have you played through earthbound i i you know it's gonna be the cop-out answer but i can't even count <laughs> All the way through to the end. Actually, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. All the way through. All the way through. Not just like started it, because I do that a lot too. I probably started this game like 40 times. <laughs> I'll say I've played through it all the way through. I'm going to plant my flag on five. I'm somewhere in that five to ten range. Yeah. I think I'm closer to five than ten. 
Yes. It's probably more. It might be. It's almost certainly not less. <laughs> would you Would you play through it again? Yeah. All the way? Because I kind of so want to right now. <laughs> you no, know, talking about it has definitely... It's like, like making me itch. It's like I need to hear the Onet, the, the Onet theme. I need I to hear to it. I need to go punch Riddler in the face. Oh, so but you... Play this. I'm going to ruin your life. You're going to boot up a Wii U and be like, I got to I gotta go. Well, Did that you... was... For me, that was actually kind of a huge joy because mm-hmm. my... Uh, my fiance actually went, I don't even want to say went halves, because she basically bought the Wii U uh, with a bonus that she got from her work. And re- immediately, the first thing I said I was Earthbound. like, I need to buy this game. We need Earthbound. <laughs> we need- I have never owned a legitimate copy of this game. I have oh, rented a legitimate copy. That's right, copy you have. I have had perhaps less than legitimate copies of Earthbound. <laughs> I've done that. I've done that. I own. I own the card. So we're clear. Yeah. I own the SNES card. It lives in my closet. The problem is that hooking up a Super Nintendo to a widescreen TV is terrible. Yep. It's truly terrible. It hurts your brain. But there was, I definitely, not only like, did I want to own it just for, you know, propriety's sake, but I, you know, I wanted to send the message of like, this game means something to me. Hey, Nintendo, I am buying Here's... a legitimate copy yep. of this game 20 years later. And and they clearly listened because relatively recently, Earthbound Beginnings, a.k.a. Earthbound Zero, a.k.a. Mother One, was released on that Wii U Virtual Console as well. Yep. Like, it, with with to no fanfare and for no absolutely no reason. Like, yeah. They had no good reason to do this. That was that was Iwata's last thing he did. Was yeah. Like, bef- he was like, before I leave, by the way, hit a button. By the way, zero. I Let- talked to the Treehouse people and made this happen. Like, because <laughs> that had to be translated. That was never released here. Mm-hmm. And then the internet lost their shit begging for Mother 3. To yep. come next. The Let's only think thing about that for a second, though, Elaine. The Earthbound can drink, dude. It's old. Earthbound dude. can go to war and die for its country. <laughs> what country is it fighting for, man? Uh, Eagle Land. Fuck. I need those guys. <laughs> uh, that makes us old, dude. Because I, I mean, I was alive when this came out. I was alive and old enough to care. Me too. I, I was alive and old enough to be taken advantage of by marketing. <laughs> weird marketing scratch and sniff yeah. marketing god weird that was... gross out marketing why did they market it that way why? because it's, i think they very much wanted it to be like oh it's a weird kid oh yeah. it's so cool it's like the simpsons it's gross simpsons yeah. and garbage pail kids <laughs> that was so weird i i guess maybe it, it got me it got me. It yep. only got me and 139,999 other people in the United States, but it got yeah. me. It got, so It got me as well. Uh, I definitely do remember the, the kind of weird, gross-out, scratch-and-sniff stuff. I, that definitely got my attention. I'm not going to lie. It was gross. Yeah. It was super gross and super perfect. I got I, I to gotta figure out who Master Belch is and why he smells so bad. <laughs> and why he likes fly honey. And what exactly is fly honey, by the way? Fly is honey made of from, like, that Ew. flies make. You know how... <laughs> Ew, ew, that's, how they, that's how they explain it. I know, it's go good. Fish make bee honey, flies make fly honey. <laughs> no, I don't think you don't understand how that works. That's I don't so think disgusting. that word means what you think it means. Like, it's, I think that you're referring you're to fly poop. Something else. <laughs> I think it's fly poop. I think that's what fly honey really is, right? It's the only way. Um, I mean, have you ever tried to, just real quick, just to extend this out as much as No, it's cool. I'm good with this. I'm having a blast. So. Have, you, have you ever tried fighting him without that? No. Well, yes, I died. I ate it the worst. It is difficult. Did you beat him? Um, 
oh, I don't just want to say yes and be wrong because then I'm just a poser of the highest. Then you're that poser. dick, yeah. By the uh, way, I don't remember because I either beat him or I got very close and then just had to pull the trigger on the fly, honey, because I was going to lose. <laughs> but by the way, like he has one of the grossest sound effects in the game. He constantly burps through that entire fight. It's <laughs> it's super disgusting and juicy. It's gross. Yeah, it's constant. Oh, it's the he's grossest. the worst. Ah, he's he, the you hate him because of how gross he's he is. He's like Jabba gross. the Hutt. He is exactly like Jabba the Hutt, except grosser. And yeah. he eats fly honey, which is probably just fly poop. So, yeah. Which you get from the tent, right? Yes, the tent. is, uh, Which is, I believe, optional. Oh, God, yes. Oh, it makes you stand still for like three and a half minutes. Oh, God, that game. And then it had the, somewhere in that game, there was a Hotel California you can check in, but you kind of can't check out sequence, too, wasn't there? Like the three, do you follow yeah. a woman into the hotel? That's and right. Get, and that's where Jeff comes into it because you get ambushed and buried. That's right. Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> it's super creepy. But yeah, I remember singing Hotel California every time that sequence played in my head. Uh, wow, you were so much more savvy than me. <laughs> I was older when that. Not that was not the first time through the game, but now, yes. Like I just, I don't know. There was something about that song, you know. Oh. My I want to just dissect every bit of minutia, but we'll be here for another four hours. I don't think we'll ever leave. I think I'll die in this basement, which would be okay. It would be Uh, fine. uh, But I really just want to boot up my Wii U and play more, play Earthbound. Like, and like, it's hard to describe because like to some people we must sound like lunatics. It's just how I sound every time I talk about foxes giving me leaves dude okay i sound like a drug addict all right like you guys need to play a persona you guys need to play earthbound because i'm a 10 year old kid who saves the wait <laughs> you know yeah it's, it, it it was something very special at the time and it's hard to say because obviously we've talked about the, the great translation but it's more than that i feel like maybe it is just that maybe it was just kind of that it was the first game that had a really sweet translation no it was so unique there was nothing else like it no other jrpg did like the the kind of standard american family type of thing you were just a kid you were yeah. a kid you were a kid who got sucked into saving the world which is not something like in the world of final fantasy everybody was a hero yeah you know what i mean in this world like you were just a kid with a cracked baseball bat like, yeah, who's using, like, dollars to buy hamburgers. And you had to go fight the bullies, and you had to deal with the cops. And, you, you know, you like... <laughs> oh, that's right! Right? The fucking cops, by the way, alright? Like, this is... We've been through the plot, but there is a point in the second town to... It's to move on to the second town. It's at yeah. the end of one end. That you get called to go see the police commissioner, essentially, and the cops gang up on you, and there's, like, ten of them. And you're and like... they attack you, and they you're They attack you, and you are beating the shit out of some cops, but you are ten. And those are some cops! They are shooting at you. One of their attacks is to fire, to pop off at a kid. Uh, Dr. Dre would be proud. Right? (laughs) Fuck the police. (laughs) You know? Straight out of Compton, man. That was... You're just brought into a back room where all the that was a little on the nose. Like, it you know. is. You're brought into your yes. brought into a back room. Yeah, where all these cops are in, and then they block the door, and then they try to kick the shit out of you. Whoa! Surprised there wasn't like a drain in the middle of that room. Well, yeah. What does Japan think of American police? Because uh, it's not good. Coming out lately, maybe they were on. They the... were. Oh yeah, they were seeing the future. Maybe they've got a time machine. Are they uh, robots? Are they yeah. robots? Just you gotta channel the power of ice tea and body count. Yeah, yeah. Like what? What a disturbing sequence. 
I also do love that the last one runs away. He's like, no, fuck this. You're dead, and I gotta go. Watches <laughs> you kick the shit out of his friends, and he's like, dude, I'm out. You beat the shit out of him all by yourself. This is before you have a party member. This is before you have help. You are just a 10-year-old kid with a cracked baseball bat and a smile. This, I right? would say, the only... <laughs> this is, I would say, the only time where the game gets a little bit grindy, because you could be yes. very underleveled. Yeah, yeah. The, the fight with the sharks, too, you kind of... It behooves you to beat... A couple of them. Once yeah, you get at, you, yeah, basically any time before you have a party is yes. pretty much when you're going to be grinding. Yeah, once you get into the second town and you pick up Paula, you're cool. Like, it's the first part of that game is aggressively difficult. Like, it's just, you want to make, it makes you want to quit. It's like Dark Souls. It hates you. It's actually also really funny uh, that this was in the era where they were making games easier for America. I don't think they did that with the Earth with Earthbound. No, I definitely don't think they did. <laughs> yeah, but they definitely did it with a few games where, like, you know, uh, American Normal was the Japanese easy, and it's weird how that has now inverted. Yes, and it's all yeah. This is why we didn't get the lost levels in the yeah, United States exactly. because it was too hard for America. Where which... yeah, with like games like Devil May Cry, even the first one, even before they rebooted it, better. Um, much much yes agree yes they, it was yeah it was it was, the difficulty was adjusted yeah the um, difficulty like normal american was hard japan yeah yeah which is why that game is so goddamn difficult it's yo devil may cry 3 i broke a playstation 3 playstation 2 <laughs> controller i spiked it into the ground and walked out it was my version of a mic drop okay <laughs> except it wasn't good and it's still i still have that controller and it rattles on the inside i bet Fuck video games, okay? Earthbound Earthbound was hard. Earthbound took me... I remember starting and restarting that game a number of times as an 8th grader to get the hang of what the hell was going on. You mm. know what I mean? Like, And yet, <laughs> much like people hold Dark Souls and games that are very difficult in high regard because they're difficult, I think yeah. that's why I like Earthbound so much. Yeah, and it's hard for me to to augur whether or not that difficulty does hold up because now I know how to play it so it's impossible yeah. for me to tell yeah. like was this really hard or was I just bad at games <laughs> I'm kind of curious how people who have who have played it now like there's a lot of a lot of Europe did not get that game when it came out they just got it recently you yeah. know I'm curious how many people actually went and played it because people like me are like tweeting go buy this now or I will cut you you know yes. um, I mean I'm not violent I'm just enthusiastic um <laughs> in the same way that the joker is so <laughs> okay uh i'm curious how how those people feel about it and it's difficult you know it, interestingly enough when nintendo released it on the wii u they released the strategy guide digitally yes. in complete form which just good move in general you gotta do that that game needs its extended manual okay it just, it's just and not even because, like, whether or not it is actually a difficult game, the strategy guide is just so much a part of the feel. It's got the writing in it that was in the game. Like, yeah, the like same whoever sense. wrote that, kudos to you. I want to hug them. I yeah. hope they're still around. I want to write them a fan letter. I need to find that out. I need to pull that out and see if it has an author listed in it's gonna it. It's going to turn out to be, like, John Vignocchi or something. God damn it. If it was Iwata who wrote that, I'm oh going to be real bummed up. Right? Because, right? He's probably oh. up there right now, like, thanks. That was good stuff, right? I did that at home one night. I was bored. <laughs> well, because that actually was, and we shouldn't we shouldn't discount it. it was a she she bully Shigesto Itoi? Yeah, is the kind of name that's uh, that's attached to this. Yes. You know, props to that guy too for. <laughs> yeah, like that. The, yes, absolutely, and that was in. This happen. 
ah, man. Like, I think that the, the general sense is that Iwata made a concept that was already in place work. Yes. But the concept wasn't his. Like, yeah, like all credit to Itoi for, yeah. for the concept. Like, it's a great concept brilliant. for a game. Like, I've managed to take, you know, American culture and somehow wrap it in Lovecraftian horror. Mm-hmm. At the end. Did you hear, like, what his what one of his big inspirations for Gigas is? Because it's super disturbing! No, what is it? I did not read this. He walk. He was seeing a movie with his parents, and, like, he either went to the bathroom or went to, like, get popcorn or something, and he walked into the wrong movie. What? And it was... I can't remember what the movie was. It was called something, like, really oddly... Uh, which, when when you hear the scene that he walked in on, becomes much more disturbing of like a policeman's story. Really, and he walked in as like as something like a ten year old. He walked in on essentially a graphic rape scene. Did did he write all of Earthbound based on that one experience? I, he, like that is what he said was one of his prime influences for this game. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, and like that was a lot of apparently like the 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 dialogue that plays when you're fighting Gigas is a lot of him coming to terms with what he saw and what he felt as a child. That's insane. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> young to see something that terrible. Yeah. And the like, uh, by the way, the entire film was titled "The Military Policeman and the Dismembered Beauty." There it is. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. Like straight up. There's no so this, other way. This game was like part of his therapy, apparently. For that's like, how. Well, he- I saw this. I need to deal with it somehow. That's how he works. Killing people. (laughs) I feel uncomfortable. Just like that's. Because I definitely remember. I remember reading that the last time before the last time when I actually played through the game all the way, and the stuff that plays when you're fighting Gigas is so much more disturbing when you know that's the context. Of all the writing in that game, that's the only thing that feels almost out of place. Like, yeah. it doesn't, like, it, it very clearly, like, they unveil that they that this is Lovecraftian and then they have to go all the way with it, right? But it's the only thing that feels, like, completely disjoint from the rest of the game. Yeah, you know what like, I mean? you were suddenly being assaulted by unpleasantness. As a robot. With your yeah. mind inside the robot. It's a very weird way to cap off the game. It's almost like they had this entire concept for this game, and they really wanted it to end this way, and they kind of had to jam that those two things together, you know? Yeah. And they made it work. Okay, they did. Because the rest of the game was so weird yeah. that they could make it work. Yeah, the but, rest of the game is weird enough that putting your brain slash soul into a not? robot doesn't seem that odd. Why not? This guy's got a caveman for an assistant. Why not? Yeah. Like, this seems like a great idea. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot right? about that. Yeah, right? It's weird shit that I remember. But his assistant, you know, Jeff's dad's assistant was just a caveman. Because they still exist. What a weird... Oh my! Oh, right and we f- around on the Loch Ness monster. Right? I was just about to say, what was the Loch Ness monster's name in this? What did Nessie, they name? Nessie. Nessie. Tessie. Tessie. I want a T-shirt that has Tessie in silhouette. Me too. What a rad creature! <laughs> I could talk about. I monkey. could. I could literally sit here and talk about Earthbound for the rest of my life and be a very happy yeah, individual. The bubble monkey, like well, there is so much. Bubble that, monkey yeah. who randomly shows up a couple of other times and meets a girlfriend. Yep. Good for you, bubble monkey. Well for Bubble Monkey, you get the monkey love from Bubble Monkey. This is just the desert bus, like, which is now the name of a charity event. I think That's that great. they they use that. It, I, Earthbound is actually my favorite game of all time. Yeah. I don't. I, it, it would almost take us forty hours just to talk about everything. We could. Work, I'm going to play this game. Again. We have we have glossed over so much. There's because there's it's a forty hour game, which doesn't seem long to people now. I think you know in terms well, of RPGs. It seems to become shorter. It's not. Yeah. I, uh, like, like, like something like a Skyrim or a Fallout right, 3. Right, right. But, like, there's so much jammed into this thing, it, and everything is purposeful. 
Yeah, and again, there is next to no filler. There And there are no side quests. There's a couple little silly things that you can do, but... Yeah. You know like what I mean? Like, item, for instance. Yes, exactly. But there's no... Like, it's little silly things, but it's not a lot. Like, it's yeah. it's content that's there for a reason. And every single person... Contact lenses and the seeds in the desert. The seeds. Oh, that was terrible. I did that. It's a beautiful, tragic romance between two seeds in a desert. And there's no reason for it at all. Nope. You it's, don't even get anything. You don't even get an item. You get it not a goddamn thing except the satisfaction of saying you did that. Except the satisfaction of at least, like, letting these two seeds know that someone out there loves them. And they need to be together. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing. Uh, <laughs> this game makes me feel like a crazy person, and there's just no way I... Of all time. I'm gonna... Yeah, it's my favorite game of all time. I, I actually... People ask me all the time what's my favorite game, and that is the only game I will say unequivocally. Earthbound is my favorite game. There's, there's lots of games that I love, and there's lots of games that shift around in the next section of that list, but it will always be Earthbound. And you might not even call it, like, the best game. It's not. It's just my favorite. Exactly. It's the, it, there is a difference between best and favorite. I, and I think that it's the game that I would, I've returned to the most times. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, the only other one that even has a chance is Super Street Fighter 2 <laughs> for hours played. For me, the only one that has a chance is Chrono Trigger, and that's only oh. if you count the DS version. The DS version of that game is exceptional. Yes, and that is incredible. Like, that's that's a hell of a... Like, they, they took that game and made it what it needed to be, except for the needlessly dark ending! Bro. <laughs> I think... Do you feel like sometimes they just don't expect people to get to the end of these games? Yeah, like when <laughs> you get the secret ending, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. Yes. Do you, do you feel like people just write this stuff in? Like, Earthbound's ending is messed up. Do you feel like they just wrote it in, like, no one's going to get there? <laughs> No one's yeah. gonna finish this. It's no too one's weird. Punch Thulu in the face. I'm gonna do this is my this is my own therapy. This is not for you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's Well so and weird. according to according to a very good friend of mine, the end the the and God now here we let's talk about Chrono Trigger for another two and a half hours. Uh <laughs> we could do that. We'll do that another the, time. The ending to the the d- super dark ending to Chrono Trigger where the uh, the the kingdom of Guardia, I wanna say. Yes. Uh falls like five years after Chrono and Marl take control. Uh, like, yeah, the kingdom winds up in flames, which sucks, because it's like, oh, that's not what I was hoping would happen. I wasn't planning for shit. <laughs> Apparently that plays directly into Chrono Cross. Really? Which I've never played. I haven't either. I didn't hear good things about Chrono Cross, so I just didn't It's play apparently, it. if, you, uh, if you're willing to, like, really dig deep, like, you can find out what happened to Magus and Shala. I feel like I just want to Google that. Yeah, and I not play that game. Do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah, apparently that game is also like a hundred hours. I don't need that in my life. Look, do you know how many hours I've invested in the combination of Earthbound and Persona games? Do you know? Oh my god, it's sickening. No, I don't, but it's probably close to what it, I. Am. It's nauseating. It's I, Persona's three and four. Right, and both times I played each. Yeah, because I, I may have hit four digits. Like I, I played Persona <laughs> four the first time when I was unemployed. I didn't wear pants for like two weeks. <laughs> like literally like my husband would go to work and I would still be sitting in the same chair not wearing pants he tells this story to this day of going to bed because of the way our house is configured and hearing the battle music for Persona 4 over <laughs> and over and over again so and he's gonna see me tomorrow playing Earthbound tomorrow night <laughs> and he's gonna go have we not done this enough and I'm gonna go go fuck Shut yourself fuck buddy <laughs> my uh my my college roommate <laughs> is still can't listen to any songs from Persona 3. Dude, look, okay? Mass Destruction is the greatest battle music of all time. <laughs> look, listen, 
some dancers want to put you in a trance. Baby, baby, Let's baby, party. baby, baby. That's <laughs> party. I remember because I was playing that on my Vita, and he heard it. Like, we're not roommates anymore. I'm still very good. Clearly. Him, he heard, yeah, clearly. He heard that, and, like, just, he is, like, I thought his neck was going to snap with how quickly what? he over at me. Like, still? Again? Yeah, no, when I told my, when, when, when Golden came out and it came in the mail and my husband looked at the box, he said, I really hope you intend to wear headphones because I can't. <laughs> and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to boot up my Wii U and I'm going to do the exact same thing with Earthbound. So he better get ready for some battle music because it's coming. <laughs> I really appreciate you hanging out to talk about this game, man. I appreciate you too. <sighs> I appreciate I, you having me on this. Apparently, this is the debut episode, which I didn't I, even know. I didn't either until like it started happening in the last week. Sure. We've been trying to set this podcast up for about six months. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it can't. Kept... At home, this seems like a delightful. Two yeah, hour we just decided minutes. to do this, but no, you don't understand. You do not understand the what's going on. The universe itself conspired against. This. Computers exploded. Migraines happened. This was a shit show. Okay. Work plans changed again and again and again. Yeah. I feel like Gigas was trying to stop this from it, happening. Except he couldn't because it was no. just too good. It had to happen. Because we reached out, we prayed. Not like in a not like in a weird way. We nope. prayed in a secular way. <laughs> and uh, we we prayed against the dark gods. It's okay. Yep. And, and uh, it turns out that all along, all we needed was Elaine and Corey. Exactly. And this thing would happen. That was it. They called out in the darkness and did fifty thousand damage to Gigas. We win. Woo. I love Earthbound. I love Earthbound too.